River Town Council regular meeting uh, for Monday, July the 26th, 2021, uh, to uh, to order. Uh, let the record show that the meeting started two minutes after five. We have uh, we have an uh, an agenda in front of us. Are there any going to be any additions to this agenda? Bell. I'm just going to hold Stoke. up my nameplate here. For <laughs> I was going to call you Ms. Clark. I, I'm still the same person. <laughs> no, Your Worship, there are no additions to the agenda. And no deletions? None. Okay. So I'll take a motion to accept the agenda as presented. So moved. Okay, very good. All in favor? In favor. Okay. Um, so then uh, there's two sets of minutes. Uh, the minutes from the July 12, 2021 regular council meeting. And um, uh, uh, are there any additions, corrections, clarifications, et cetera, needed to those minutes? If not, uh, I will take a motion from Mr. Good to, uh, to adopt those minutes. All in favor? In favor. So there's the minutes of the July 19th, 2021 special council meeting. Um, generally, there's a rule uh, that you can't approve sets of minutes. So this is in reference to me because I wasn't at that meeting or Mr. Ford wasn't at that meeting. No, I had to work. So, uh, so Your Worship, I read those minutes and I did not see a problem right. with them. This is actually So I'll make that motion. This is actually more for a uh, question for uh, <coughs> Ms. McQuaid. So, uh, I don't think we can approve it. We don't have a quorum of the people who are here. Right. Who are present. That's, would so, you agree with that? Or? I can check the MGA. Um, you cannot vote on an item if you haven't intended that portion of the hearing. I will double check for minutes. Um, I did present them to the deputy mayor for signature as she was chair. Uh, one option for council is to postpone this item until Councillor Scamahorn arrives, and then there will be quorum of those that attended. Uh, let's do that. That, that works for me, Your Worship. I'm happy to step back from that. Okay. So, do you want to? So, you made a motion. Do we need to table that? <laughs> Yeah, you do. Yes, you do. So yes, you could, point. or uh, she could withdraw it. Um, Whichever works easiest for the team. Either either way works fine for me. Why don't you just? Uh, uh, I'll table it, Your Worship, and then when Byron anyway, comes in, we can revisit it. Where's the Where's the table item, Miss uh, McQuaid? Page two, second from the bottom, to temporarily delay an item. Uh, to be tabled requires a motion. To withdraw um, no, isn't, doesn't require a vote. Okay. Okay. So then, how about I withdraw it? Yeah. yeah that works fine. You wish. So we don't. Uh, we don't need a vote on that. Okay. 
That takes us to public hearings, and uh, I understand there's none. Ms. Uh, Ms. Bell? That's correct. Uh, are there any presentations to be had? Also none. And so that takes us right into bylaws. There's a request for decision on the uh, off-site levy bylaw, which has a number 2099. has been prepared uh, for council to update because we must update the bylaw every two years to ensure that our offsite levy rates are based on up-to-date assumptions. Okay. Our current bylaw is bylaw 2044 and it along with the offsite levy regulations establishes that we do need to maintain the current rates. There are two key substantive changes to our offsite levy bylaw. The first is how we define the subdivision area and it replaces arterial roads with roads and the material effect is that it means that um, developers will not have to pay the offsite levy on the portion of land that they would be developing as a road so we would not be requiring them to pay for the land for developing the road and an offsite levy on that portion of the land um, which does lower the cost of development for developers so that's a positive thing uh, for the development community the second major adjustment is that we are removing the need to adjust offsite levy rates during non-review years. So we are already reviewing every two years, and this would mean that we're not adjusting the rates in that off year where we're not doing a major adjustment to the rates. We have consulted per the requirements of the Municipal Government Act on the offsite levies. Uh, we have established a project webpage. Uh, we also held an open house on June 16th where we had six members of the public attend and we notified the development community um, of the open house and the changes to the bylaw uh, through our standard process which has included sending letters directly to the development community we advertised the open house on june 3rd and june 10th on the town social media channels and we have not received any feedback any written feedback at this time on the offsite levy so there are uh, three options before council this evening. The first is pr to provide second and third reading of bylaw number 2099, the offsite levy bylaw, which up provides an updated bylaw with up-to-date assumptions and updates the applicability of the levy on land being dedicated for road. That option has no significant disadvantages or financial implications to the town. Uh, the second is to provide only second reading, which would mean that we are moving forward through the bylaw process, but it does delay the adoption of new offsite levy rates. And the third option is to decline to provide second and third reading to the offsite levy bylaw. That would maintain our current rates, which may be considered out of date, and maintains the uh, the offsite levy being or required uh, for any lands that are being dedicated as road. So it's administration's recommendation that council provide second and third reading to file a 2099 this evening. Right, and we would, okay, we we would need to do that now after questions, so any questions? Okay, uh, someone want to make a motion? No, I was gonna ask a question, whatever okay. you want oh, to go, do first. I'll ask yeah. a question. Um, so the offsite levy, if somebody owns land 
and they've developed part of it and now they want to develop another part of it or construct on it do the off-site levies apply at the time of that second construction on that portion or is it the whole thing to begin with it, that really depends on the size of the parcel and on what's being developed because our off-site levy bylaws also administered by our off-site levy policies so it really is very development specific in general you can take off-site levies at the time of subdivision if that if that's what's happening uh, and that could be on the entire subdivision area but there are circumstances where we wouldn't take it fully at subdivision or we wouldn't take it fully at a single development permit but it would be something that happens over time we definitely have adjusted the policies over time to account for the fact that development in the town of peace river doesn't necessarily happen at the same larger scale that it does in communities in the southern part of the province where they might take their offsite levy in one larger chunk which is administratively more simple but also raises the financial bar um, so we've tried to make the offsite levy a little bit less onerous by accounting for the fact that we can we can try and separate it out based on different steps in the development staging and just one more question um when did the town of peace river start off-site levy stop uh i would have to go double check the off-site levy policy because we've got that detail in there um i believe the first bylaw was adopted on in 1978. wow thank you Um, okay, is, uh, if there's no further questions, I'll take a motion. Um, I'll move second reading of uh, bylaw 2099, the offsite levy bylaw. Okay, all in favor? Um, in favor. Does somebody want to make a, uh, a motion for third reading? Sure. Uh, Mr. Good? I'll go all, all in favor? In favor. Okay. So now there's a request for decision on the 2100 debenture bylaw for the wastewater treatment plant clarifier upgrade. Oops. Good evening, Worship and Council. Before you this evening is a request for decision on bylaw 2100 which is a debenture bylaw for the um, sewer treatment plant clarifier project, upgrade project. Um, this debenture is $1.36 million in total and council did first reading back on June 14th. Okay. Since then we've um, done the required advertising for the, the bylaw to proceed to second and third readings. Uh, no petitions have been received at the time of the writing and um, there's been no other inquiries or um, feedback received by by staff so at this point we are um, recommending that council do provide second and third reading to bylaw 2100 which is a bylaw authorizing um, the municipality to incur indebtedness on the issuance of debenture in the amount of one million three hundred and sixty dollars towards the wastewater treatment plant clarifier pro upgrade project. Yeah, one million three hundred and sixty thousand. Right? Yes. Yeah, you said three sixty. One point three six million. <laughs> okay. 
ask this question, although I'm pretty sure the deputy mayor wanted to ask this question. So how close are we to, what's our debt limit and how close are we, if you add this one plus the quintarial apparatus, how much of our debt uh, limit have we soaked up? Um, if you'll just give me a minute, that was provided in the report that went to council back on June 14th. I want to pull that up here really quick. Um, by approving these two projects, it'll take us up to approximately 65.2% mm -hmm. of our projected um, debt allowance. Yep, I'm just looking at my chart. I have a chart showing 2021. So 66.4% um, in 2021. We are hoping with this debenture, and I'll just say, even though it's not confirmed, we are soliciting um, provincial grant funding for this. We did have a meeting uh, with the minister, and we have been in talks with Alberta Transportation on potential funding opportunities. We're um, optimistic that we will be able to do um, or receive some of the funds, so that would reduce our debenture amount here. So we're not. This just gives us authority to access some money. We're not necessarily doing so until we're certain what that amount would be. Um, so there is a chance, and I would say a decent chance that this amount um, okay. could be reduced, and we'll report that back to council when um, and if we're able to. Okay. Um, any um, any further questions? Uh, someone want to make uh, a motion for uh, for second reading on this item? Uh, Ms. Ms. Manzer, thank you for that motion. All in favor? In favor, Your Worship. Okay. Uh, you, uh, Ms. Downing, do you want to make sec uh, third reading? Uh, make a motion. I would like to make third reading on Bylaw 2100. All in favor? In favor. Bylaw 2100 is passed. Um, so that takes us to Bylaw 2101. Adventure bylaw for the purchase of a quint aerial apparatus. Yes, so similar to the previous bylaw. This also received first reading at the June 14th council meeting, um, and a briefing note was prepared discussing debt limits and financial impacts of the debenture. Um, was advertised similar to the previous bylaw um, with the final advertisement on July 7th. Um, no petitions have been received and there's been no other feedback at the town hall regarding this this debenture. So staff are recommending that council give second and third reading the bylaw 2101, which would authorize uh, to incur indebtedness on the issuance of a debenture in the amount of $800,000 for Quint Aerial Apparatus. For how much? 800000 is a debenture on this. Oh, it's total. Yeah, the total project is 1.4 million. Okay. Um, but since we're using some of our own funds, reserve funding, and we're leveraging or expecting external funds from other municipalities, um, we only need to debenture a portion. Okay, so you made a down payment. Okay. okay. <laughs> uh, uh, any questions of either uh, Tim Harris or Mr. Cab? Go. One last question on this one. Um, so the debenture is over, how many years was it now? 
This one is over 15 years. 15 years. Uh, the clarifier one was over 10 years. So the difference between the two is the length these things might last kind of thing? Um, that is something we do look at. Um, so this one, for example, we know that this is a 30-year piece of equipment. So we basically split it down the middle and said 15 seemed like a reasonable amount of time because that's how long it's actually going to be our, our frontline apparatus. Um, on the clarifier, it's a little bit different. That's, um, we do tend to line up a debenture length to expected life capacity. Um, at the time during the report where Director McQuaid was talking about the um, life expectancy of the sewer treatment plant was running out, this would extend it if we did this clarifier repair by maybe 15, 20 years. Um, we did to venture that over 10 years. It's also a little bit of a different funding source. There's a bit more room in the water fund to absorb a, a debenture hit like this. Doesn't affect tax rates per se, so um, we were a little more aggressive in trying to get that paid down sooner. Thank you. It would affect water rates, right? It would, yeah. And we, we reported that to council and said, you know, if you do do this, you know, this will be about a 30 to 32 cent rate increase on our 2022 rates. Um, plus potentially limit us for for future projects in 2022 on the water and sewer side and um, that's the financial impact of that decision okay okay good um, so if there's no further questions I'll entertain the motion to, to uh, go to second reading and Mr. Good has done that so all in favor in favor um, and uh, who wants to make a third reading? I'll move third reading, Your Worship. Okay. All in favor? In favor. And the support I thought you was uh, Oh, yeah, so this is the point. Okay. Good. Um, so we, we've uh, completed bylaws. We're on unfinished business. Uh, a, so there's a request for decision regarding PXX. Dash XX dash X outside letting policy. Thank you, Your Worship. I will note offset levy our policy numbers in general are assigned after the policy is adopted, which is why the policy name reads as it does right now. Right. So we have before council the offsite levy policy, which is traveling in tandem with the offsite levy bylaw, which we uh, just adopted. The offsite levy policy was reviewed uh, by administration as part of the offsite levy bylaw review process, and we have identified some small changes, <coughs> clarifications, and corrections uh, to the policy that will keep it in line with and consistent with the bylaw. Uh, the policy was reviewed at the June 7th party and governance meeting, uh, where the track changes were on, so council could very easily see the small changes that were made. Uh, since that time, we have finalized the policy. We've referred to the current bylaw, which is now 2099, and updated one reference to make sure that it's consistent with the Municipal Government Act, which has recently been amended itself. Uh, so now we have an updated policy, and it's council or administration's recommendation that council adopt by resolution the updated policy uh, after bylaw 2099 is adopted, which has happened. So. Uh, option one here is that council adopt the offset levy policy as presented, and option two is to decline to adopt the offset levy policy as presented, which would 
create in some inconsistencies between the bylaw and the policy and leave the current policy in place as today. Any, any questions? Any questions on this? Good morning. No? Okay. Sorry. Go, go ahead. I thought you were asking a question. Oh, I'm not. I'll, I'll move that we adopt off-site off levy policy. I'll move that we adopt the off-site levy policy. Okay. Uh, all in favor? In favor. Uh, <coughs> uh, that takes us to... Uh, so that's unfinished business. There's new business. Uh, the first item under new business was briefing note regarding conditions of development permit. Um, I think. Uh, I, Councillor Right. Uh, Councillor Scanborn wanted to be here for this debate, and I think Mr. Uh, <coughs> Mr. Lovson is is waiting for Mr. Schuler. Yes, he'll be here. Oh, okay. Uh, we're not expecting Mr. Scanlon until 6 o'clock. That's okay. We'll wait for sure. Okay. We will, um, we will then go to um, uh, request for a decision on interest charge relief. Again, Council uh, and Your Worship, uh, staff have received a, a request from a resident of a business uh, for uh, relief on their penalties from their 2021 tax bill. Uh, these penalties were incurred on July 1st, which was our first penalty date, and total $1,219.92. Um, so I just will let you know and go over this again, uh, but for the public listening. Um, when these requests are received at the staff level, we do try to deal with them as able. Um, if there is an issue where the town is at fault uh, through, you know, various mechanisms, um, we will and can rectify them at the time. Um, when there are instances where we do find that the town is not at any fault, um, we do inform the ratepayer. Um, but it is their their right if they choose to come before council, and this this ratepayer has. Um, asked to do so. So there is information here that has been provided. The, the ratepayer will not be able to, to make it to the meeting this evening, but did ask us to submit this on, on his behalf. Um, it's an issue where it looks like the taxes had been sent to their, their landlord who um, uh, was to pass along the tax bill to them for, for payment. Um, and that did not happen. They received it late in the month in, in June. They, um, and then with the, the holidays at the end of the month, um, they were a couple days late on paying it. So again, this is a, a circumstance. While unfortunate, um, the town doesn't bear any responsibility. It's between the, the, the property owner or the landlord or the tenant and, and for them the result. Um, so we did not, um, waive the penalties as we weren't at fault. So the staff recommendation is option one, or option three, sorry, um, that council decline to waive the penalties on the property in question um, as we um, were not in, in any way or um, shape at fault for 
for the um, occurrence of these penalties. Right. Okay. But again, I was just there right there petitioning the council for, right. for relief. Uh, any questions of Mr. Kemp? Please imagine. Just uh, one question. Um, so this year the tax notices were sent out in May or early June? Nope, uh, late May, I believe they get the either May 28th or 29th here with the post office. Okay, thank you. Your Worship. Yes. If I may, Greg, uh, with my employer, I do business with this company. Would I be in a conflict if I'm involved in making this decision? Um, I don't advise counselors on when they may or may not be in conflict. You should seek some other advice for that, unfortunately. Had to ask. Can you, can you find your lawyer? <laughs> yeah. So He'll be out walking his dogs. Yeah. So I, I would. No, it's not. It's not. Mr. Good. It's not like it's a pecuniary interest. It's just I do bit yeah. my employer. I do direct business with this company. I, yeah. So. Okay. No, I'm fine I, then. I, I would think so. Your worship. Yep. So the letter says that that there was holidays on the Thursday, Friday, but I believe that our town office was open on the Friday, was it not? Uh, Mr. Yes, it, we were open on the Friday, which was July 2nd. Correct, which would have been a day late anyhow, correct? That's correct. <coughs> well, uh, as, I'll make a personal As unfortunate... Go ahead. So, I was just going to say, as a follow-up, is as unfortunate as this situation is, I don't see any reason or any way for us to not uh, to approve this penalty or approve uh, waiving this penalty. Thank you, Your Worship. Well, I came in on June the 30th and paid my uh, my property taxes and I did cash on the barrel, so I don't. So I was pretty cognizant that uh, there's a deadline, and everybody is, I think. And I think Mr. Uh, Mr. Uh, Needham, who isn't here today, is more eloquent on, on uh, paying your taxes and paying them on time. So uh, 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 I'm just looking for a motion, I think, on, on this item. So. Any, do you want to make a motion, Ms. Downey? Sounds Sir, like Your Worship, I recommend uh, option three that the council decline to waive the penalty charges on the 2021 property tax bill for property 741800 FAB. Okay. All in favor? Okay. In uh, favor. Yeah. yeah, I was waiting for you to say that. But. <laughs> um, good. Um, we will go to the uh, request for a decision on the ratification of the municipal emergency plan. Great. Thank you, Your Worship and Council. Um, I will take a lead on uh, an overview of this report, but would also encourage our Fire Chief Tim Harris to answer any questions if there are anything or uh, Ruth McQuay could also as she was a uh, leading force behind us 
moving through the process of updating our municipal emergency plan. The Council's Emergency Advisory Committee did review this plan uh, last week during a review meeting. Um, it has been approximately over a year of a lot of work, time and effort from your administration. Um, as part of that process of review, we did have Alberta Emergency Management Agency staff, the Northwest staff, review the draft document and provide some feedback of their uh, key feedback is uh, within this report. Um, the new plan does take a very different approach. It is based on uh, the standard system of incident command. Uh, this is a provincial-wide system that is um, the go-to for emergency management to date and in, thus we really had to do a significant overhaul of our entire plan. Um, main highlights are that it is ICS compliant. We are very focused on uh, objectives throughout our emergency planning and not step-by-step how-to guides that can also get staff into trouble so we've taken a completely new approach with the setting objectives through the ICF command system. Um, Ms. McQuaid would you like to add anything that I didn't highlight or touch on? Uh, not off the top of my head the previous system was very mechanistic and based on the assumption that the plan drafter knew what the uh, personnel would be facing on the ground whereas the current the new approach is that the situation is assessed and then the right tools are applied to it uh, for example the previous flood plan said close all storm drains which um, doesn't work if the water's on this side of the dike. It assumed that the water was on the other side of the dike. And if you tried to plan for every possible contingency, like last year where we had high water on both sides of the dike, um, it becomes unworkable. So you have to have a plan that fits the situations you're actually facing and staff feels and EMA seems to concur that this is what it does. Yeah, any, Mr. Harris, would you like to come up and provide any further comments? No slideshow today? Um, I don't really have too much to add. I think there was some good discussion at the uh, review meeting uh, last week. Um, I think we've put it into the perspective there of the new plan, the, uh, the way the process works now as opposed to the previous previous plan. So unless there's any specific questions. No, so, other than the, the two gentlemen that were there from wherever in, the, in this process, they seemed uh, happy with the plan and it seemed to meet their requirements pretty much as far as I could hear. Yeah, I believe, uh, I believe it was in, in the briefing note that they uh, they would definitely be using that as an example to other municipalities of a, of a good plan uh, going forward, So, which is quite a good recommendation from the EMA. So we're not going to uh, 
to abandon any of our plans to be prepared, i.e. such as the uh, Fire Smart program that we want to implement and uh, other measures, um, whether it be Pat's Creek mitigation measures and things like that. Yeah, so it's kind of uh, preparedness plans, as you say, we'll, we'll still go ahead. Um, they're not really the focus of the emergency plan, which is more once the okay. incident has occurred. So, yeah, we've continued to uh, continued to uh, access free for funding. Um, I was just approved for two more grants for this year to continue some of the strategies from the wildlife mitigation plan that was done previous years. So we will continue with, with that kind of work as well. Right. Okay. Good. So uh, um, we we never published the. The, uh, the FRIA plan that came up. Like, that's not a publicly available document yet, is it? Um, not yet, no. It, it, it can be if council. The, the one we looked at before was the draft plan. We did some, we had some more involvement from other stakeholders. We had reached out to ACLO Electric and ACLO Gas. We met with them at some of their facilities, and that was just added into the plan. Um, so the final plan has been finished. Uh, and presented to FRIA for the final funding for that for that grant. Right. Yeah. Well, it'd probably be good to get that out to the public when it's uh, put together. And uh, and uh, with that, are you going to present a kind of a uh, a, a staged approach to meeting the recommendations in that free uh, free effort? Or fire smart yeah, so I've already applied for two more grants to, to accomplish a couple of the strategies that were recommended in the yeah, plan. Okay. Um, I can bring a briefing down to council at some point. Some of them were pretty expensive and difficult to do, right? Yeah, we're starting with uh, the, the ones that are more easily accomplished. Yeah, and I, I think it's a top of mind issue for. Uh, for everybody, given the events of the last uh, uh, four weeks or so, and uh, never mind Fort McMurray and Slave Lake. So. Good, thank you. Um, any other any questions of Mr. Mr. Harris? I, I just wanted to add one uh, addendum uh -huh. to the uh, comments on the plan itself. Um, uh, we did, uh, as you will see, um, adopt uh, Council's recommendations. And council and the community will be pleased to hear that we have established an evacuation collection point for Saddleback. Uh, most of the evacuations focused on the low-lying areas, but uh, our hazard assessment has, you know, obviously pointed out the fact that hazards occur everywhere. So uh, that community is now also uh, covered and protected. Yeah, I don't think any of us in Saddleback would have trouble leaving. <laughs> okay, thank you. Any, any other questions, Mr. Good? More of comment. Your Worship? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go, I should go say ahead. more of comment. Wait, oh. I was going ahead. Uh, more of comment than a question. Um, the comment was that as you talked about the emergency management people going to be using our uh, portions of our report as templates for others. And I think that was pretty impressive, but I think what impressed me most that I mentioned to a few people is that I went there expecting to sit through a dry 
boring couple of hours of details uh, because we weren't really part of the working group making this and came away extremely impressed by the level of work that had been done by our administration, by the coordination with all the people that work for us in our emergency systems, um, with the contribution done by the province and the work that they did and the people that came in to talk to us about it. It was probably one of the most interesting uh, and illuminating afternoons that I've spent in my time as a counselor and one of the most impressive for being able to actually see the results of the work that was done, the thought that went into it, the discussions uh, as you talked about by basing it on outcome rather than the prescriptive because you used to, I remember the, old, the the portion of the old plan you know if the light goes out replace the light bulb kind of thing and this one is you got to make sure there's light you know it really changed the, the focus of what was being done and uh, extremely impressive so I just wanted to I can't do it on behalf of council but I'll do it for myself just want to thank you guys for all the work you did and all the work that was put into it it's a very I'm, I think people should actually read it. It's, a, it's an interesting document. There's a lot of good stuff in there. There's a lot of things that, you know, being aware of is helpful. Like I say, it was one of the best afternoons I've spent in my terms as a counselor. Is it on the website? Not yet. Not yet. You're waiting for ratification. Correct. Okay. Um, I, um, Councillor Downing had a question. Oh, yeah, Councillor Downing. Yeah. Out of, <laughs> out of sight, Quake. out of mind. <laughs> uh, actually, uh, Don said it all. Thank you, Don. You did a great job. I, too, learned a ton. I was really happy that I attended that meeting. And, uh, yeah, well done to our team and all the staff at, at the town office. It, it's a great document. So. Uh, if we're looking for a motion, Your Worship, I'm happy to put a motion on the table. Please. I move that we ratify the municipal emergency plan. Okay. Um, as as presented. As presented. Yes. Thank all, you, Your Worship. All in, all in favor. <laughs> okay. Second. Thank you, Mr. Henry. Um, we will just, uh, there's a request for decision. This is uh, also a ratification item. Uh, Mercer Peace River Fire Procurement Project uh, IFID application. So if it's for ratification, uh, do I need to excuse myself? I guess so, eh? Probably does. Yeah. Okay. Excuse myself. Do I have this? Ms. Manzer? Four. Four. You're fine. Yeah. The gavel is yeah, passed. Okay, so thank you. So this item um, is the uh, letter of support for Mercer Peace River Fiber Procurement Project, the IFIT application. And who is speaking to this? Mr. Town? Correct. Yep. Um, yeah, so we're just looking for um, council support to. Um, to ratify the uh, the letter that would um, help support the application under the IFIT, um, Mercer's IFIT application. So um, Mercer's making an, an application to the federal government under the Investment in Forest Industry Transformation Program, IFIT, and this is for the Mercer Peace River Veneer 
um, planned project application um, that would be beside the existing fault mill. So the town received formal request from Mercer for a letter of support on July 22nd. Um, and we've also um, received or provided letters of support in the past. However, this was um, um, the due date was before the next council meeting, so an email was sent to council members asking for a direction. Um, council through the emails, <coughs> excuse me, um, were supportive of issuing the letter. So when it was drafted, um, with the uh, with the deputy mayor signing, um, and now we're just looking for the um, ratification of this letter. Um, I don't want to say posthumously, but after the fact um, for this. So our staff recommendation is that council does ratify the letter of support um, dated July 22nd, 2021 for Mercer's IFIT um, grant application. Thank you, Mr. Town. Any questions on the briefing? Anyone care to put forth a motion, Mr. Ford? I'll make that motion, motion Madam. Deputy Mayor. Ms. McQuaid, you're okay with the motion? Okay, all those in favor of the motion? Ms. Downing? Did you vote? Sorry, sorry, Deputy Mayor, yes, I'm in favor. So did you ratify the letter? <laughs> I just want to make more veneer for the PV Mart, PV Mart building. Um, so it isn't six o'clock yet. So we'll uh, we'll go through the rest of this the uh, the. Uh, the agenda and hopefully by then it'll be six o'clock and uh, actually I'm a little worried it'll be before six o'clock but um, then we might take a just a quick bio break and uh, allow Mr. Scamola to show up at six if he doesn't we'll, uh, we'll have to carry on okay um, so we're uh, we're, we're at reports. Uh, the Mighty Peace Watershed Alliance minutes for November 2020, January 2021, and April 2021. So you met through the pandemic, Ms. Manzer? Uh, anything come of it? Well, actually, Ms. Downing is now uh, oh. on the, she's the alternate oh, okay. for the Value uh, Mayor, who is the uh, small town director. Oh, okay. I will, uh, That's correct. Can you uh, so, underscore anything for us? Uh, any developments? So you know, Your Worship, I have learned a great deal being on that board. Uh, information uh, that I didn't really have full understanding of. Uh, it is a very busy uh, group. The Northwest is particularly busy. I don't think there's anything really to underscore as much as I would encourage all councils to check out their website, look at the projects that they have going on. Um, there's there's a number of things going on in the Northwest, and uh, we have an active uh, group people of uh, group of people managing our water or 
I shouldn't say managing, but certainly overseeing our our watershed. I can take any questions and do my best to answer them if there's any. Okay. Uh, we, we, you've got a question from Deputy. <laughs> Um, thank you, Ms. Downing. I just noticed in the first set of minutes, uh, I don't know, it's page 746 of our uh, whole document here. Anyways, there's quite a nice little explanation about um, how BC Hydro um, kind of does not really connect with the Peace Watershed group and sort of reasons for that. And I think it's uh, interesting in light of some of the uh, comments that have come about because of the uh, Site C Dam as well. And um, uh, Mr. Jorgensen, I see, is from um, further north in the County of Northern Lights, but maybe he'll be talking to them about uh, Site C Dam and why Alberta and BC need to talk at the upper levels and us down here, we don't really get to say much. <laughs> Well, that's kind of interesting because when I was on the committee, we uh, we uh, th there was quite a bit of discussion about the uh, well, the, the, there was supposedly good uh, communication between the two levels of government regarding flow and, and so on and so forth, and uh, and certainly uh, BC Hydro as um, well certainly before the site seed uh, environmental assessment was put together they were here every three months or so and uh, uh, giving us information so this is a bit of a surprise that there uh, there seems to be a just, I was just going to add that I think it's the case of, of, you know, who they choose to have at the table. And um, I think that uh, in what Deputy Mayor is talking about, Kenai, is regarding, um, you know, whether those discussions took place with the Watershed Alliances or not. And, I, and I'm sorry, I forget sort of where it landed next. But I can get, I can get back to you on that. I see there is a rep uh, for federal transboundary um, things. Abdi Omar okay, yeah, is Abdi. the rep, so probably under his prerogative somehow. That the boundary, the provincial boundaries, is a very interesting discussion and did come up again uh, in this last month's meeting, but those minutes aren't included because they have not been sent out. And just a note, the April meetings say draft, but they are not draft. All of these have been approved minutes. So I, um, and this is more because of the County of Northern Lights letters, but uh, um, there, there seems to be pushback on Site C Dam, but it's going ahead. Like uh, I, I, um, like I, I don't, I don't quite understand all these letters uh, because the, uh, the the dam has gone through an environmental assessment. They're in the middle of building it. Uh, the BC government, when the NDP came in, uh, they did a reassessment of it, uh, and uh, uh, because it was potentially on the chopping block, 
and uh, they gave it their blessing. Um, and and they actually, I'm sure that uh, because it's another 250 megawatts, if not more, that's going to be produced by the uh, this run of river dam. Um, that's all factored into their greenhouse uh, gas reduction uh, targets and programs. So I, why why uh, why why is there a push from the mighty Peace Watershed to try and uh, fight back? It, it seems like this is a. So, Your Worship, I, I don't think it's a case of that at all. I think it was really a case of, you know, are all the players at the table? Is there dialogue that's happening? Uh, I think you're right. The project is going ahead. Um, but it's still, you know, it's a big project and people are always concerned and they want to make sure that they're getting the most accurate and current information. Okay. That's my opinion, Your Worship. And it's valuable. Um, okay, uh, do any of the other councillors have questions or comments on, okay. Uh, there was another report that was included. This was the North Peace Housing Foundation Board Minutes uh, for July the 7th, 2021. Um, I know Mr. Scamillard isn't here, um, but perhaps another councillor could make comments if there's anything of note on those July 7th meetings. Okay. Um, I should mention that uh, so I attended a virtual seminar put on by AHS. Uh, Dina Henshaw was there uh, and it was focused on uh, the North. Um, so it uh, asked for the mayors and CA, probably the CAOs. I, do you recall that virtual meeting? Did uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Parker join that meeting? This would have been uh, last Thursday or Wednesday. I'm I'm not certain, sir, but I don't believe well, you did. You forwarded it to me, and uh, so I attended. Um, so uh, uh, Dina Henshaw was looking for advice on how to up the vaccination rates in the north. Uh, um, uh, and um, I listed our support. So I did make a comment in there because all, everything was uh, done through, uh, uh, done through posting comments uh, or questions. Uh, that way they were able to get around the they were able to ignore the, uh, the comment from uh, the Crete, <laughs> or at least bypass it and answer it in a different way. But uh, I asked, because I, my feeling is that in the town of Peace River, because of the education level and, and also the, uh, the household income level in the town of Peace River proper, I've got a feeling that we're relatively high. And so I, I did say, could we get a municipal, municipality specific information as to our vaccination rates? It doesn't help to, uh, 
to lump us in with the MD of Peace 135. Uh, and the answer back, uh, Ms. Bell, was that they had got a similar request from, uh, because I understand they hold these type of meetings with, uh, with the administrations. Um, and uh, I don't know if it was you specifically that asked for that information, but they, somebody had posted that. And they said they would look into it, and they were working on it. Yeah, but you haven't got anything back. No, nothing yet. We've actually even asked that previously around case counts, that type of information, yeah. which they were much more hesitant to go down that path because it could have more identifying factors. Um, but if they are working on it, they normally come up with some information. It just usually takes a little longer than we all hope. That's all. Right. Yeah. So if you can continue to press that, yeah. uh, because there, there's no point in us giving advice if we're at 80% vaccination, right? Yeah. Um, now, if we're at uh, 50 or something like that, um, um, an idea she threw out, uh, Ms. Uh, Dr. Hinshaw threw out was uh, perhaps you could uh, develop a focus group or a advisory group that would develop some initiatives to uh, to promote vaccination in the Town of Peace River, whether get a mobile, mobile uh, truck in here to give vaccinations, although I think the accessibility here at Peace River is, is, is phenomenal. I, I know that I, uh, I got my second shot at uh, at Anderson's drugstore in the, the Friesen building, and uh, it was a walk-in, and away we go. So, so um, and I think lots of, um, yeah, I think uh, our, our pharmacies are accommodating. I think even Mint Drugstore does. Mm -hmm. Yeah, quite a number of the, um, I believe they all do. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Good. Yeah. Just want to make one comment that's kind of good news. Um, I've been tracking because of. I work at North Peace Housing, we track every day, and we've been tracking for about the last year the cases within the North Peace Housing Foundation borders. And today, there is only one case in the total of the 12 municipalities in the North Peace Housing Foundation. That's in groups that's Peace River, MD of Peace, Fairview, MD of Fairview, Clear Hills County, Northern Lights County, Manning. And the of Northern Lights, Northern Sunrise County, all combined, there is one case. Okay. So and that's, that's an astounding number when you consider that um, some of the numbers that have come up for the last six months have been rather frightening. So, right. so Mackenzie County isn't in place. Mackenzie County is not included in ours, but I know that their numbers are down considerably compared to where they were, but I just don't know their numbers. Um, but. Um, I can find out what happened in it, but um, it's just astounding. I think, you know, the accomplishment of, of people behaving properly, you, the numbers don't go down if everybody does everything wrong. And things are going really, not good every chance I get. I'm not superstitious, but, um, you know, one case in, in our whole region, I think, is a, a phenomenal news. Well, I thought that a couple of weeks ago it was 12 part of there. Yeah. So it's gone down from 12 to 1 again? Yeah. Okay. 
So, yeah, if you could continue to press them, I think it'd be good to know where our vaccination rate is in the municipality itself. Mackenzie, seven. Um, That's for 24,000, 24, 24 and a half thousand. Yeah. Well, Mackenzie County, just for interest, is um, only seven cases for 24. And 24 hours, 25,000. Um, we have an item on here information Alberta Interim Police Advisory Board report on governance. Your Worship, did Council want to accept those items for information? Oh, okay. Um, would someone like to make a motion? Um, Deputy Mayor Manzer has made a motion to accept the the uh, uh, reports uh, filed uh, as uh, as information all in favor in favor <coughs> so uh, we'll go to information um, Alberta interim police advisory board report on government uh, I think you got did you want to start or did you want me to okay. thank you your worship this is uh, my item that uh, uh, Ruth McQuaig had sent to me. Um, so this is the final report of the interim uh, police advisory committee that has gone to the justice minister with their recommendations for a, a permanent committee um, moving forward. Um, this is sitting on the justice minister's desk as we speak uh, for their for their decision whether they accept the report or not. Um, a board that I'm trying to to get onto if it does go forward. It will be a hopefully a, a board that is by application and interview process. And I would just like to take the opportunity to ask my fellow councillors for a, a letter of support for my application for this provincial board. I do already have uh, support from our, our local detachment, um, our local RCMP abuse advisory committee, as well as the Alberta Community Crime Prevention Association that kind of it in a nutshell okay being it's just about six just a motion uh, for a letter of support from uh, council in the town of Peace River for my application to get onto the permanent board okay. I'd be happy to move that recommendation okay. I think you've done a lot of work in this area with the RCP and with protection of our community. All right, how many favor? Mr. Mayor, I have one question about the report. Do you know if the um, the position that we still share with Northern Sunrise, do we not one position or is that gone? Is that is that an enhanced position or is that some other category? Because they talk about Talk about enhanced position here. Mr. Town, can you answer that question? I don't know. I know, so we're funding the, the, the position with Northern Sunrise. I can't say for sure if it's an enhanced. I do believe it's something like that. I know it's some type of community liaison position. Whether that's enhanced or not, I can't say for sure, so I can't be positive, but it is some type of liaison outreach. Type position that we are um, 
cost sharing agreement summaries. Okay, I'm just looking on page 781 of the report on the second column, and it indicates that um, somehow or other, some of these enhanced positions are now paid for by the group, I guess. So it'd be interesting to know. Yes. Yep, then we could look into that and see uh, how we're, if we fall under there. Okay, um, we'll, we'll take a five minute break if, uh, if you don't mind, uh, Mr. Ludson and Mr. Schuler, and just see if Mr. Scanlon will show up and then we'll, uh, if he doesn't show up at uh, five minutes after, we will, uh, we will, uh, we will carry on and and go back to uh, Ms. Modi's presentation on the, uh, on the uh, conditions of development. Okay, thanks, five minutes. Okay, very good. So um, we are going back to uh, uh, this briefing note regarding conditions of development permit. So I will uh, ask Ms. Modi to uh, elaborate. Thank you, Your Worship. Uh, and yes, I'm cognizant. Uh, we do have a bit of a time crunch, so I'll do my best to hit high points uh, and allow at least some time for questions and comments. Uh, so this is a, a briefing note to provide council information about some conditions on a development permit that the town has uh, required of an applicant. Uh, so we have received the development permit application for a new PD Mart development, uh, which would be at the northeast corner of 7999 or 7999 Ave. Um, that development is site is part of a larger development site uh, that has six commercial businesses and four commercial buildings. So we're dealing with one single parcel in this case. Uh, as is part of our normal process, we have reviewed the proposed site plan. Uh, which is attached for council's information and was provided by the developer at the last council meeting. Um, we reviewed that application against the town's municipal development plan, land use by law, and our general municipal servicing standards, which are all documents that form part of the town's municipal planning framework. Uh, we have been working with the developer and the majority of the issues that we've identified and requested in terms of additional information um, and changes to the site plan, those are being dealt with by the the developers consultants we are dealing with two specific issues which is related to providing a sidewalk so part of a pedestrian network along the perimeter of the site as well as requiring additional street lights uh, the degree of which would depend on a lighting plan which needs to be undertaken uh, so those are requests for additional what would turn into municipal infrastructure after they were developed and they, uh, those two adjustments, um, they're the subject of this briefing note and they are required at this time uh, for two principal reasons. Uh, the first is that they have not been required previously, uh, but our current planning framework would require that they are provided. Um, and second, that the standards of the, the infrastructure that we have in place today does not meet the standards that are in our municipal planning framework. So we're, are, we are attempting to raise the bar um, and it's fair to acknowledge that compared to what has occurred previously, uh, but it is raising the bar based on the bylaws of the municipality. Uh, so 
we have heard from, and I guess I won't reiterate because council did hear from the developer and landowner at the last council meeting, uh, but we need to first just establish the uh, municipal authority to require infrastructure, uh, and we do have that. The MGA very specifically, and the town's land use bylaw as well, which reiterates what's in the MGA, um, gives the town the authority to require as a condition of subdivision or development that the developer construct the infrastructure that supports that, that development. That is how the majority of infrastructure in the town and in any municipality is initially constructed, after which the municipality or utility provider, uh, which would be the case for the streetlights, uh, would take over ownership and future maintenance and replacement responsibilities. And I have provided for council uh, a table at the back of the, uh, the briefing note, table one, that points to a number of other areas of the town where we have required in the last decade um, infrastructure be installed. And I would just like to, to bounce to that table to provide some highlights for council so you can have it in your mind. Uh, the first example is the Chateau Novo, which is on the West Hill, um, headed towards the hospital. It is a section where there is now a sidewalk along that portion where that lot was developed. Uh, that sidewalk is a stub, so there, it's missing the connection all the way to the hospital and the Northeast housing area. Where, where's the table in these notes? Uh, if you would scroll past the, the signature page, I've got, there's two attachments there. The first is a site context, context diagram for the development site, and the second is a table that has a, a series of, the, of those areas. So that's a circumstance, that first one, where um, we have required the, the sidewalk as part of a development permit. The second uh, example there would be the Northeast Housing Subdivision. So this is a circumstance where rather than at the development permit stage, but rather at the subdivision stage, which generally speaking will come before development, uh, the town and the developer, the town required and the developer did install sidewalk and street lights for that whole neighborhood. So Northeast Housing developed a series of lots and you will see the sidewalk and the street lights surrounding all of those, uh, even though the majority of the lots at this point are still undeveloped. That's another example. Uh, the next one was the Chevron, uh, which was a gas station that was recently redeveloped. So it was a gas station previously, uh, but when they went to, to redevelop that site and turn it back into a gas station, we did require sidewalk along that uh, property as well. So that's starting to build that network because that sidewalk does connect across the street to the Chateau Nova, but then you run out of sidewalk again. So it's an incomplete network, but we are trying to fill the gaps as we have opportunities. Uh, another one where we required both streetlights and sidewalks was the Home Harbor subdivision, uh, where there is a sidewalk surrounding two sides of the Home Harbor parcel, and that is on one side of the street, uh, which is generally speaking the standard that we built to um, currently. And then finally, on the last page of this table, we have a subdivision that is actually current or east of the current proposed site. So if you are in behind Mr. Mike's, behind the Best Western, there is a, a stub of road where there is streetlights and sidewalk uh, to right now to nowhere, uh, but hopefully someday to somewhere, but that infrastructure is in place. And then lastly, um, there's one that doesn't have a, a picture because it is a, the current KFC that's being redeveloped. And as they added a, a drive-through, we also required as part of that development that they extend the sidewalk uh, to their property and uh, that work is currently happening, so we, I don't have a picture to show you what it looks like, but uh, it is expected to be completed uh, as that development gets completed. 
Uh, and then lastly, uh, not on the ground, but within the area structure plan that council will be uh, scheduled to carry a public hearing uh, at the next council meeting, we also have very specific policies related to the provision of a sidewalk network in particular and utilities generally um, around the Upper West Peace North Area Structure Plan area. So that's an area that we anticipate future development and the, the plan itself very specifically points to the requirement for the provision of these types of infrastructure that would then be turned over to the town. So it is, uh, it is something that a requirement that is happening on a regular basis at the town office um, and it is because we are aiming specifically to to uh, deal with the, the gaps in the infrastructure that we have in town uh, where we don't have this type of development or this type of infrastructure it is because the town has not fully exercised our authority the authority under section 650 of the MGA um, and and those the hospital area um, between the Northeast Sussex subdivision and the Chateau Nova is one of those examples where there's not a sidewalk. Uh, and then also the area around Friesen where there's not a, a substantial pedestrian network and also some significant gaps in the street light network as well. So as you can see, I, I won't read section 650, but it is provided for you and we've underlined some of the key areas. Specifically, it does provide for the town to require the developer to construct or pay for a pedestrian walkway system to serve the development or to serve the development um, to connect to an adjacent development as well and also to pay install and pay for the installation of a public utility which would be what the street lights would come under uh, if we don't require a developer to provide this infrastructure at subdivision or development then ultimately the town has some pretty distinct options. Uh, we either do require the developer to do it or the town can pay, which means the ratepayers can pay for the installation of that infrastructure or otherwise we accept the infrastructure networks that we have in place today. Uh, and in terms of accepting the infrastructure network that we have in place today, uh, we, we have plans that have policies that are certainly geared towards trying to address those gaps. So that's not our, our stated goal within our municipal development plan. So I'll just highlight a little bit more of the requirements. Uh, the first is around sidewalks. So at this point we have asked for 190 meters of sidewalk, which is essentially the sidewalk that would be adjacent to the existing site. So the site itself for this particular development of PV Mart is about just a little under three acres. And that would be a sidewalk on the north and the east uh, perimeter of it. And you can see that um, that on the site context map that I've provided. It's the dashed purple line on that map. Um, that requirement is consistent uh, with our previous practice, which I have highlighted uh, with the, the examples provided in table one. And it's also consistent with the policy requirements established in our municipal development plan, which has been in place since 2010 uh, and is a bylaw of the, of the town that has been in place. It has a a significant number of policies that point in this general direction and that I would argue are specifically trying to deal with the gaps uh, that are surrounding the, uh, the commercial areas of, of the West Hill. Um, I will highlight a couple that I think are fairly pointed. Uh, the first being policy 634 of the MDP, which is future commercial development on the West Hill shall be designed to accommodate pedestrian connectivity between uses and adjacent residential development. 
and also MVP for 843, uh, the town shall encourage pedestrian movement by requiring appropriate provision for pedestrians in all new developments, the redevelopment of existing properties, and changes to existing or proposed roads. So uh, when we're dealing with policy statements in the municipal development plan, uh, there's not a lot of wiggle room for administration when it comes to a shall statement. It is our job to follow that direction. Um, so it is very specific. Uh, and we, we would argue that the pedestrian network on the West Hill is insufficient. Um, there are significant areas where it's difficult or impossible or uncomfortable or unsafe to walk between locations. Um, I, I think that includes the Chevy Heights trailer park, which is just adjacent to this area, but it also includes our Northern Lakes College area, the Best Western and Nova Hotels, the Northeast Housing Residential Subdivision, and also the Saddleback neighborhood, which is our primary uh, residential neighborhood in the area. And the MVP is seeking to fill those gaps. Uh, in addition, by filling those gaps, we're also addressing some other issues that have been identified or flagged as, as issues through this last council term. One of them definitely relates to accessibility, where we've heard repeated complaints about the accessibility of our community. Um, a public pedestrian network that is adjacent to municipal roads is a part of building a more accessible community. And uh, the MVP also has uh, policies related to that, uh, specifically that uh, in terms of any future development, uh, the guiding one of the guiding principles that we need to consider is ensuring that all facilities that serve the public are physically accessible to all sectors of the population. Uh, and I would argue that the Friesen area, which has a significant commercial facilities that provide services to our community, uh, is one of those areas. Uh, then other component of the infrastructure that we're requiring is street lighting. Um, the number and their location, I, I can't speak to exactly because that would depend on the lighting plan. So to know exactly how many street lights would need to be added here, we would need to have a lighting plan done by an engineer and that needs to be done to tax standards, which is the, what our municipal standards point to and what we build to when we are changing lighting ourselves. Uh, so that, I don't know exactly, but if you look at the site context, you can see that we, I've got orange dots on the map and those are where there are existing street lights. So there is some light infrastructure in the area, uh, but it definitely doesn't follow the entirety of the, uh, of the development site or the entirety of that whole development area. Uh, we have very few, one light on 97th Ave, uh, three on 80th Street, and then none on 78th, which are the roads that are the perimeter of the, this development parcel. Um, so this requirement is is consistent with what we've done as when I speak about the home harbor area or up by uh, Northeast Housing and the hospital area, there are lights in that area. So the gaps in our lighting network are not as significant as the gaps in the pedestrian network, but they still do exist in this area and we are seeking to, to close that gap. And it is also consistent with the town's general municipal servicing standards. Um, our MVP also does support this in that it points to um, to trying to integrate uh, crime prevention through environmental design principles into our site planning. Um, and one of those SEPTED principles uh, is to provide for appropriate lighting for streets, paths, alleys, and parks. So that's something that comes from uh, the, the SEPTED training that uh, that is provided by the City of Edmonton, which is one of the ones that we refer to, I think, generally when we're speaking in terms of SEPTED principles. So, 
providing lighting there is also addressed um, in our MVP. I've also provided for council a bit of site of history. I do you want to say that ultimately this site history is informative, uh, but how it informs our what we know about the site, but it doesn't necessarily inform our our choices today. Ultimately, we're responsible for for looking at the development permit that we have today based on today's planning framework. So things have happened in the past. Uh, they were based on previous planning frameworks. Uh, those bylaws have changed, but it's still instructive um, to know that some of the past. So this is a site that has been developed since the 1980s. Um, there has never been an overall site plan that has been formally adopted and approved by the town. Uh, there was some discussion around doing an area structure plan. We have that in some of the documentation in the, the legal file. The file is, is very thick and I spent many hours looking through it to try and understand all of the different agreements that have been in place between the, the developer and the town. I don't want to overstate what has or hasn't been done. Um, but there is no area structure plan and no overall site plan that we've formally approved or adopted or been working towards together between the town and the developer. Um, we have in those previous documents identified and addressed sidewalks and street light infrastructure to a certain degree. I would say not to the, as strong a degree as, as would ensure that they absolutely got done. Um, in the 1992 development agreement, which is the, the primary one that kind of kicked off development of the Friesen store, which is the initial commercial development of this site, um, the, there are some statements in the schedules around both sidewalks and street lighting. Uh, there is not, that I could find in the plans, uh, an approved site plan that shows street lighting or sidewalks. So the, the language does point to it. Uh, the site plan doesn't specify, but we did end up with street lighting for that portion um, where, that we were dealing with. So we've got the, I attached the uh, proposed road improvements, which is essentially the, that first stage um, that was developed and where we have street lights today, they kind of overlap, uh, but we don't have sidewalks. So why there's that difference exists between street lights and sidewalks uh, from that perspective, I, I don't know. It's not clear in the, in the file. Um, since that time, we have had a further five buildings that have been developed on the site, as well as uh, some that have been adjacent to the site, uh, but uh, similar landowner. Um, and also three subdivisions that have occurred to separate out some of the commercial buildings that have been developed. Uh, those were along the southern edge of the property, so not necessarily the all around the ring roads um, of the development site. Uh, in all of those, we haven't, again, really had an opportunity to have an overall development site plan. Um, and so we are we're still with these infrastructure gaps. Uh, in order to actually address these infrastructure gaps, the only way for the town to guarantee ourselves uh, this, that these gaps are filled is to have a development agreement signed and with security provided. So that's either a letter of credit or, um, or basically a cashier's check. Um, it's very easy to call. Without those two things provided before a development permit is issued, the town does not put ourselves in a position where we can guarantee. And that is essentially what has happened previously. We have tried, we've signed agreements, but we haven't checked all of those boxes. And so we have not guaranteed ourselves um, that we would have infrastructure installed. Uh, the only other way to, to try and enforce conditions is to go through a stop order process, which I really don't think the political will for that would exist. So I don't really consider it a viable option. Um, in the last 
round of development, so that's when the shoppers strip mall was developed. We do have documentation uh, from the well, who was the manager of planning and development at that time, uh, stating that we saw a need for pedestrian infrastructure and for street lighting, uh, but that kind of happened after the fact, so it was after development permit was issued, so we weren't in a position to require it. It was a, the communication was a will you please, uh, but not a you must. Um, but that means that the, we have previously with the landowner flagged the need for these requirements, so I don't consider, um, I, I think that they would have an idea and shouldn't be surprised by our identification of these requirements at this point. So that is why we have required those conditions at, at this time. Uh, really quickly, I know I've got four minutes left. Um, our authority and council's authority. Um, administration does not have the authority to override or ignore the municipal planning framework. These bylaws are in place, they are public, they are adopted through a public process, and those shall statements are very strong. So because of that, we don't have a lot of wiggle room. Um, and also council, uh, your role is to establish the municipal planning framework, which is through a bylaw process. Uh, and you don't have the authority to waive or alter the applicability of the planning by law on a case-by-case -case basis. We can change the municipal planning framework, but then we have to go through the public process to do that. So that would, at a minimum, require a public hearing after we had drafted a bylaw amendment that was appropriate. Um, it should require uh, more than that uh, through the town's public participation policy and just general good planning practice. Any sort of major strategic shift would require a broader public engagement than just a public hearing, uh, which I think this would fall into. Uh, any changes to our municipal planning framework going forward would apply not to a single development, but to future development. Uh, obviously, the specifics of that would be down to the specific policies, uh, but it, it's not a, a apply to a single uh, developer or single site in general. Uh, so it is our recommendation that we maintain the requirements for sidewalks and streetlights. Uh, council does not need to do anything for that to happen because that is our current planning framework and that's the direction that administration is taking. Um, and I'm sorry that I have only given three minutes for questions, but that's the, those are the highlights of the, my presentation. Ms. Manzer, I think we should probably recess, go to the uh, legal hearing and uh, reconvene afterwards. Or, uh, we are letting the parties know that we're just going to be a few minutes late right now. Oh, okay. Yeah. Just a few minutes? But, Okay. However, however you would like to I, define I, a few minutes. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm, a, I'm a little worried that we've uh, we're going to generate quite a few questions, but let's uh, let's go. Let's start with questions, and Deputy Mayor, we'll start with you. Um, okay, uh, thank you. So, um, what I'm understanding is that we have required uh, some relatively recent developments to put in sidewalks and lights without there being an actual, um, I don't know, residence, house, shop, or something on those, such as North Peace Housing's part, um, and the home hardware, including that. Okay, so we've required that. The only way we could um, change things on an individual basis would be to change the MPC, MPDP? MPD, sorry, MDP, <laughs> okay. Municipal Development Plan. And in order to do that, that's a whole bylaw type of thing that we would need to go through in order to uh, change an individual lot's requirement, okay? And um, the off-site levy um, 
did that change? This is maybe a different topic, but it just it's money. So um, did it uh, get paid just for this property, or it was paid long ago, or what happened? What? Uh, offsite levies have been paid on a portion of this property, uh, and offsite levy. Um, the offsite levies have not been paid on the portion that would be this particular development site, so they would be owing at the time of the development permit. Uh, based on today's bylaw change, uh, the offsite levy rate has decreased slightly, yeah. so the the number for the offsite levy has gone down somewhere between eight and nine thousand dollars. Okay, okay. Um, I think that's my point. Okay. Um, okay. So she's answered all the questions. Actually, can I just provide one point of clarification? Uh, in terms of the municipal development plan, um, I don't think it would be likely that council, that administration, would recommend that the MVP would specifically change a policy for this specific site. It would be a broader change in strategic direction. And so it's sort of everything or none, kind of. I mean, what the actual policy is would be is would be part of the process of developing that. But generally speaking, we're looking at the pedestrian network and how we provide that on the, the West Hill. So if we were changing it for this area, we would consider the broader implications of that change as well. Okay, Mr. Good. Um, Alicia. From my memory, more than anything else, when you take a look at the home hardware area, the north, the North Peace housing development, um, most of those, most of the sidewalk infrastructures were done. If my memory is correct, pretty much the same time the roads were going. In other words, they were part and parcel of the whole development. It wasn't like the roads were there and somebody came along after and said, "Could you put a sidewalk beside them?" Am I correct on that? So. Uh, yes and no. Uh, so for the home hardware, I would say yes. North Peace Housing, yes. Uh, for the road leading to the hospital, uh, no. There is no sidewalk along that road except for along the development well, of the Well, I know that road has been there since Christ was a small child. I mean, when I first moved to the town, that road was put in for the hospital, was being put in for the hospital to be built. So that I'm saying in, in recent history, and I'm talking 20 years roughly, um, any of the real demand for sidewalks, I mean, been part and parcel of full development. I don't think I'm wrong on that. So the second part, um, you talk about the town has not exercised its authority authority in the past. That's authority that's under the MGA, which we've had, again, for a long, long period of time. And we could come along virtually any time and say, we as a town would like to see this, and you're going to pay for it or you don't develop. And we really have the muscle to do that, basically on even some of the preambles to the MGA. <coughs> so it's not specific to, so that authority is not really specific to development plans. Though it does speak to it, it's basically the overall authority of a municipality to do whatever it determines is in the benefit of the municipality. Am I correct? Yeah, we've had that authority for a long time. It's existed in the MDA yeah. for a long time. I think the big difference is that in 2010, and that's when I kind of see the break, right. was when the new MVP was adopted. So I did right. go and take a look at the previous plan, the policy statements in the previous municipal development plan. Definitely, we're not nearly as pointed or direct when it comes to right. pedestrian infrastructure. So I think that's the change yeah. in terms of why we would have chosen not to versus why we've chosen since to. Exercise that authority. Where a large part of my lack of comfort with this is, 
that the history around this development has been from the roads inward, effectively, from the, the roads were, were put in place. And most of the development has occurred from the roads, as I say, pointed inwards. In other words, you take a look at Shockers, where Regis used to be, et cetera, or even the McDonald's and all that jazz, really didn't have any effect on the outside perimeter at all. And there was really no demand overall for anything to be done to that peripheral road once it was in place, historically. And now we're saying, well, now we'd like to sort of start this happening. And that gives me a bit of discomfort to sort of lay it all on the last guy or the first guy that you can take a shot at. But where I have sort of the most, see if I get some, I'm getting some new understanding today, really for the PV mark to bring an appeal to council, they really have no appeal to council for what you're saying. They have no appeal because we have no authority to amend short of a total revisitation of the plans. Is, is that what I'm understanding you're saying? That is what I'm saying. Okay, thank you. Um, I'll, uh, I'll just ask a question here. So, the, um, uh, so reading through it, and, and you touched a bit on it, so there's a 1992 agreement that uh, suggested that there should be more lights and more sidewalk. Uh, around that IGA development, uh, Friesen Brothers, I should say, development? I wouldn't say that it required more lights. It, there, it speaks to lights, okay. and there are lights along that segment that was a subject of that development agreement. Yeah, so, oh, okay. <clears throat> so, there, but so it, where the lights, you would expect lights to go is on the back side? Yes, where where we would think that there might be some additional requirements for street lights would be along the, the street running um, along the north side of the subject of the development site. North side and also the east side, with that along uh, the, the Mr. Mike's road. So that's where there are lights along the Mr. Mike's road. There, the, the lights may um, they may or may not be to attack standards. So. Whether or not they would need to be upgraded, I, I really I don't know because that work okay. needs to be done. Um, but there are light standards there today, so okay. it could just be a question of adding some additional lights okay. along the road between the development site and the Chevron. Um, uh, Chevy, right. sorry, thank you, uh, Chevy neighborhood. And, and yeah. so the uh, the sidewalk, uh, where, so you mentioned 119 meters or something like that. 190. Um, 190, yeah, that's a big difference. Yeah. Um, so, uh, where, so where would you expect to see that sidewalk uh, go? Would you, are you expecting it on the back side, uh, across from Mr. Mike's, and then the north side, yeah. and then also back down on the west side? On the west side, well, as of. Right. Uh, maybe we could refer to the uh, site context diagram just so we're all yeah. looking at the same thing and making sure that we're that we're talking about the same areas. So, based on what we've required or requested of the developer at this point, right. we would be looking at essentially the dashed purple line. Uh, perhaps I forgot to extend it a little bit. So, uh, what page would this be on? Uh, does someone have that page? No. Actually, I think it's that one right Okay. Unfortunately, page nine, if okay. you're scrolling on the PDF. So the dashed line, it's really hard to see. It's okay. in black, yeah. black and white. Yeah. Right. Oh, oh, okay. Oh, uh, better. Okay, so, maybe you s
that they're proposed future right. and they want want it here there's lights already in here okay and one right there so they're talking uh, okay. about here and so the the purple dashed line is uh is the approximate area that, that we've requested so far okay yeah. and what about the yellow dash lines so ultimately based on the policies of the mdp that would be what the town would be working towards from a pedestrian network perspective without having something more specific in our in our planning documents okay so you're saying that uh the long-term goal the the purple the purple dash line is as far as you're concerned is, uh, as far as administration is concerned because of uh, the uh, municipal bylaws are in place. The purple dash line is non-negotiable, but the yellow ones, when they get put in, are negotiable. How they get it, how they get in, how those gaps get filled could depend on either future development or future initiatives of the town. Um, okay. There, I mean, certainly the the segments that are adjacent to the already developed areas are going to be would be harder for the town to fill through the development or subdivision process okay. so strategically we might be looking at trying to fill those ourselves but that's that's up to okay. future planning processes and possibly a transportation plan and things along those lines that okay. administration has been thinking about from okay. a strategic perspective but, but you would yeah. but you're saying the purple lines need to go in yeah. pretty well now and the yellow ones uh, timing is this is the opportunity to to do it now it presents itself yeah. um, from our authority perspective and and from what our, our bylaws would tell us we should be doing um, okay. and how we fill the gaps in the future is is up to future okay. strategic discussions okay uh, mr ford i've got a few questions um in regards to the street lights on 80th street i did drive by there yes there is four there already one's already been changed out to an led head um however those street lights are just the top part mounted onto a three-phase power pole so if you were to change that out and put proper street lights in there who's moving all that power because that's a three-phase power line that runs around the edge of the property that is a question I might try and punt to Mr. McWay. That would be quite a because that, that power I do believe supplies Friesen as well as the other businesses on the other side of the street. So typically if you've got one of those uh, lights on a power pole, it's sourced from a transformer a couple power poles away and then they'll string a 120 volt line from pole to pole to power those lights. Uh, so at that point, uh, if we're going to street lights, you have an option to string it overhead. Or what you could do is, uh, which is more typical, is you would convert that to underground structure, run conduit and wire uh, for that street light from pole to pole. Yeah, I'm aware of that, but whose expense is that at? Because I don't think you want to put a light that's standard that's in where there's a three phase power line. Yeah, that's at the developer's cost. The which? That's at the developer's cost. Okay. And we've been in conversation with ADCO and that's a procedure that we've been establishing uh, lighting under the franchise agreement. Is that uh, any new areas where lighting is provided? That's uh, the process for that. 
Okay, and two more questions. On that one chart that you refer to, um, in behind Mr. Mike's, you have that uh, red writing that says subdivision created lot in 2007. You showed two street lights on the north side of that. How come that developer wasn't required to add street lighting on the 80th Street part? I can't say 100% uh, because I, I wasn't a part of the discussions, um, but I would say that they were required to provide lighting on 90th Street. So they did do a certain degree of lighting, um, sorry, on 97th Street. They did provide a certain degree of lighting to support the development of the parcels that they were creating at that time of that subdivision. Uh, and that subdivision dealt with creating the parcels uh, that are on either side of 97th Avenue both to the north of the road and to the south of the road. And my last question for now, because I know we're running short of time, is this may be a fair or maybe an unfair question. Yeah. Um, when Mr. Lovson first phoned me about this, um, I took this to uh, Mr. Parker, and I ended up uh, in his office talking about this project. So my question would be, are you or Mr. Lovson, are either of you aware of any agreements back from when the, this site in the blue was first developed, and is there any agreements in place that we still need to honor as a council now? Because this happened a long time ago. There are definitely developers' agreements that are still on in place. The 92 agreement is registered on title, uh, but we have to go through and take a look at and see if there's any specifics that we would need to, to try and implement uh, but like I said before if you don't have the developers agreement with the security attached to it it's difficult to require from from a legal perspective. Yeah I'm just curious if, if because yeah. of these agreements that were done and that, like Mr. Parker told me it could be a handshake deal is there anything that we need to be aware of or like Mr. Lawson if you're aware of any of these agreements is there anything we as a council need to honor now that those agreements were made back in the day, well, like well before my time. Yeah. I can only speak to what I could read in the legal files in terms of the agreements that were in place, and I, I don't, nothing jumping out to me in terms of, but I, I couldn't speak to any agreements that in principle or handshakes. They wouldn't be reflected in the file. when I get up there for yeah. That's all I have for me. Three. Just one additional, just based on. Um, well, sorry. let's uh, let's keep going okay. in the row. Are we good for time? Like I feel like. No, we're we're, we're not good for time. We got well, five minutes. Okay. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I have a question. Um, I see a road in front of McDonald's and Tim Hortons going to nowhere, and I've driven around that area around lunchtime, and it's fairly impassable because of traffic. It just looks like an area in need of a planner, and we have a planner, so that's my opinion. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, Ms. Downing, I missed you. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Your Worship. I, I, I'm sorry, I didn't quite understand Councillor Scammerhorn's point. I'm wondering if you could make that one more time, Byron. I'm sorry, I missed it. I said it looks to me like an area in need of a planner, and we have a planner. Okay, excellent point. So I too drove around that area. I too have reviewed our municipal plan. I looked at it. 
I hear the, the statement about the sidewalk to nowhere. I get that. Uh, I went around to the other developments as well. Uh, it's a complicated thing when we when you bring in new uh, standards, you know, sort of partway through the game. But it doesn't mean that you just revert to the old standards. You go with what you've created to go forward. So future thinking. Um, so I don't really have a question so much as uh, I think uh, administration and for the work that they've done on this. There was a lot of thought that's gone into it from the developer as well. So uh, that's my comment, Your Worship. Okay. Um, I think, uh, Ms. Manager, we, we need to draw this to an end and go into our uh, closed session and uh, deal with that. And reconvene later. If um, is it practice after this to actually uh, allow the performance to comment or normally? Uh, um, yeah. Is it okay? I'm actually looking at this here. That's up to the chair. Okay. Well, uh, if if you uh, if you gentlemen uh, in the hour you want to. Uh, uh, make some counterpoints. Um, we'll uh, reconvene. Uh, perhaps you can leave the CAO your number, a mobile number that she can text you as to when we'll come back. Um, it may be a while, actually. So we're not able to speak at every time? Uh, I'm saying that you will be able to speak in, uh, could be half an hour to okay. an hour. If you want, you could have the parking on the Davis worker. Sure, sure, that'd be easier. Yeah, sorry about that. No problem. Um, and, okay, we are, uh, so a motion to go into camera. Mr. Stenhorn, all in favor? Okay. Um, we are recommitting. We actually come out of camera. We yeah. did. Did you? Okay. Yeah. My motion. Okay. I didn't hear us. Um, very good. So we are uh, back to discuss the conditions of the development permit. Uh, Ms. Uh, Ms. Modi uh, presented uh, information from the uh, planning department and their constrictions and boundaries. And uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Ludson and Mr. Schuler would, would like to comment on that briefing note, I think. Thank you. I just thought I would start and uh, provide a little information in my perspective on that site. Yeah. Uh, I do have quite a bit of history working in that area. Um, in fact, I had just pulled out uh, an area structural plan for that area from the late 80s. So I do have a copy of the ASP for that site. Um, I don't think you were born then, were you? Uh, well, I started surveying in 89, but I was well, quite young. Mr. Schuler, can you speak a little bit closer to the microphone? Sure, yeah. Thank you. So there is an area structure plan for that area um, done quite some time ago. I believe the uh, 
current prison store was constructed in 1992, somewhere in thereabouts. Um, and that, some years following that, the uh, Chevy de Heights uh, trailer court was uh, constructed as well. Hello. I'm sorry, it's me. I'm back. Okay. Mr. Schuler's just for speaking right now. Just started, maybe. Thank you. He has an area structure plan from the late 80s for that area. Yes, so at that time, uh, at the initial development stage, um, I believe it was uh, 80th Street that was constructed into that area um, and around to a portion of the way down 97th Ave. Uh, and then, of course, the intersection at 78th Street, just to the um, the close intersection, which is just a right in now to that site. Um, so those areas were fully developed under a development agreement that was done in the early 90s. Uh, and then the next development stage was in uh, was for the Walmart development, uh, which was around the 2006 to 2008 era, I believe. And then again, on that project, um, the 78th Street uh, Road was extended uh, up past the current PD Martin location and also east to connect the 97th Ave Road, which uh, to the east uh, at the edge of the Chevy Heights development. Right. Um, so the, the uh, 80th Street development, as we mentioned earlier, included street lights uh, along that uh, area. Um, in 2008, there wasn't any uh, requirement through development agreement to, to install any street lights on that portion of the area. Um, there was some discussion on sidewalks. Um, of course, I wasn't around in the early 90s to talk about that, but um, in 2008, um, a sidewalk was extended from the uh, Highway 2 intersection up to the site. And at that time, it was agreed that the sidewalk could direct traffic into the site and follow the, um, the sidewalks plan on the frontage of the Shockers building and through that. And then further development would uh, continue to provide uh, pedestrian connectivity through the site. Um, that, and that's from the western portion of the site. Uh, at that time, there was no discussion with respect to sidewalks on, on the eastern portion of the site. I guess uh, one point with respect to sidewalks, and I guess from an engineering perspective, um, and looking at uh, costs of infrastructure, I think it's important for municipalities to to look at priorities uh, for sidewalks. You know, one example would be to, you know, it's two sidewalks versus one sidewalk. Um, what, you know, where you want to set your priorities because you do have to also maintain these sidewalks and replace them at some point too. Right, so um, I think uh, it's some, if you have a planning document which, which looks at uh, priorities for building sidewalks to connect every portion of the town, um, you might want to set priorities as well because that might uh, uh, come back to bite you, I guess, in the future if you, if 
you overbuild, right? Uh, I know a lot of municipalities are removing sidewalks where they got sidewalks on both sides of the road. They just say, well, we're only going to go with one for the future, right? So just saying that point just because I, I think it's important to, to look at. Um, if a sidewalk is not going to be utilized, should it be impressed on, uh, on a developer? say after the fact you know they've already developed that road in the past and um, is it that important right I believe that also it was mentioned that in 2010 was the MVP is when it was revamped um, I think the, um, the current mr. Mike's development that must have happened only less than 10 years ago right so I don't think that there's no sidewalk on that first portion of it, right? So they weren't required to put a sidewalk in on that portion. Yeah, I think that was more than 10 years ago. Was it more than 10? I don't know. It used to be a bar first. Then, then, then they renovated the major rentals after that. So it's an existing building then. Yeah, well. It was a bar, yeah. Yes, yeah. Oh, it was multiple bars. Yeah, it was multiple bars. It was a new saloon. It was. The rivers, rivers. rivers. There we rivers. go, rivers. That was the second one, right? Yeah. yeah. I didn't go to rivers much. Because that was, was a young person bar, I think. Yeah. I didn't either, and I didn't live here, so why did I remember that? Yeah, yeah. well, rivers is the previous to Mr. Mike's, I believe. Yeah. yeah. Right, so. Yeah. So, and I, I think everyone understands the, the having a sidewalk to, to nowhere idea. Um, it's. Uh, I, it's hard. It's not good to see infrastructure that's just sitting there not being utilized, no doubt. Um, uh, Mr. Lawson actually took a couple photos of uh, the sidewalk that's there currently that's on the other side of uh, the other development. Um, and you can see that it's not being properly maintained and it doesn't, it doesn't really go anywhere, right? So it's not being used. Um, it was also mentioned about the, the hospital property. Like, if a sidewalk was put in at that time in that area, the town would be replacing that sidewalk today, right? Because it would have been 30 years old. Um, so I think, uh, without you know putting a sidewalk in in that area without connectivity, I really don't think it's going to get utilized. Um, from a development perspective and development agreements and the way those are, are usually undertaken uh, typically if a, if a developer has to build a road and the other side is not being developed and it's owned by someone else uh, the normal process is that um, this developer will pay for that road and the municipality would collect from that adjacent developer in the future uh, when they decide to develop the other side um, this could be looked at in a similar scenario where, well, that guy still has to develop. Like a development permit will have to be issued for those properties on the other side of the road, right? So uh, potentially that developer could be uh, held to pay for a portion of that walk. Or, and there's other properties where um, the, you know, it's, it's an existing property that's fully developed. Um, in the case of, let's say, uh, a uh, local improvement. I know the town doesn't do local improvements anymore, but when you did do that, it was a shared cost between the two sides of the road, right? Obviously, you can't force, say, Chevy Heights to pay for that, um, but in the case where um, a municipality is not able to apply those costs to a property, then the municipality would take on the cost of that. 
Um, so this is, is a somewhat well-established ideal with respect to costs on local infrastructure um, uh, when, when, it's, when it's municipally owned, right? So. I, I just want to, on the local improvement levy, um, we, we, uh, we don't have one for neighborhoods, but uh, we haven't removed the neighborhood renewal of the improvement levy for commercial industrial. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. <coughs> uh, Mr. McQuaid's working on that policy. Yeah, and through the years, there's been a lot of challenges with that uh, with that site. 78th Street, as you know, uh, was annexed by the government for the highway, and then the highway was moved. So um, they tried closing some intersections, and uh, uh, that would have been a lot worse uh, access if they would have closed that right in, right out. Um, so it was uh, a lot of challenges uh, working through it with the different government agencies and such. Um, so with respect to the street lighting, um, I know that the municipality is doing some upgrades to street lights uh, throughout, uh, throughout town, a lot of it in neighborhood renewal areas, which I'm familiar with. Um, being that the, the stuff on 80th Street is, is existing, um, I guess from my perspective is that the expectation would be the municipality would upgrade that portion. Um, the other portions outside that area, there is no lighting. Could be looked at a little bit different, but again, you have benefiting parties on both sides of the road, right? So should it be imposed on only half the parties that get a benefit, and, and really it's the whole town that's benefiting, right? Because everyone's accessing that area. So. So one of the things uh, when you presented last last time you were here, I know Councillor Good and uh, His Worship uh, spoke about this and the liability issue when it comes to pedestrian traffic, and where the most with your development most of that pedestrian traffic possibly would come from uh, from the trailer park. How do you plan on addressing that liability when it comes to lighting and and sidewalks in that specific area? In the, uh, in the second um, permit that we sent in, Troy from Camden addressed that with, um, I, I don't even know what you call those lights, but you know, you have it's a crosswalk with the flashing lights. Yeah. yeah. So similar, similar, sorry, similar to the ones that we have, that we put up at 98th Street. Uh, going towards the schools and then at Kinsman Park. Is right. that the stall you're talking about? I, I believe so. And then they were, yeah. the intent was that they were going to put a crosswalk in there and then and then have connectivity through the site, um, through internal crosswalks and, and para-ramps onto the medians or the, or the uh, sidewalks up front of the buildings. And is, 
Is the freezing store open still open 24 hours now, or is it back down? No, 6 to 11. 6 to 11. So 6 to 10. <laughs> it better be open to 11, I can no, tell you that. No, 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 not 11. So with that, with that being said then, in, uh, in uh, depending on what season it is, it could be pitch black um, for that foot traffic. The lights are on. Oh yeah, we're on. Stores open and closed. No, but I'm talking about the pedestrian traffic coming from from the trailer park. Well, there's going to be like if there is any on the parking lot, and there's going to be pedestrian. I mean, right right now, I think you're crossing the street, and there there might be lights in the trailer park. I don't know, but I think there might be a light right kind of on that corner. There is, yeah. So at the at the end of the day. With the lumens that, you're, that we're going to have on that P-Mart site, it's going to more than uh, lighten up that whole northeast part of that site. You know, including the power packs on the back of our store. And so a pedestrian crossing that crosswalk at 10 o'clock at night, you're, what I'm hearing then is the lumens coming from that P-Mart site will pretty much light up the roadway. Yeah. I mean, okay. in our store, we have certain requirements at 3 feet. On a parking lot, you have certain requirements at three feet. So, you know, generally speaking, uh, the last thing we want to do is hurt anybody. And I think Mayor and Tom talked about that last time. There's going to be lights on that parking lot. I, I know that you know Troy has sent that in. That's going to you know more than address any any traffic that's going to be on that on that parking lot. Thank you. So. Thanks for every, everybody for giving me the chance to address. And I think that, you know, Byron talked earlier about, you know, um, the, you know uh, the, the site in front of our the McDonald's, the road, et cetera, et cetera. I just want to talk a little bit about the history if I could. So uh, our dad started buying lots in this area in 1980. And he'd buy a house, then he'd buy another house, then he'd buy another house. So generally speaking, all the frontage was individual homes and then he bought the back from, from a family and, and then we, we kind of navigated that. I moved up here in the late, um, the late 90s and none of us really knew anything about development, but what we did know was we knew we had to build a, a store. We couldn't have the, couldn't uh, get the right amount of land to build a store downtown, so we jumped the river and this is kind of where we, we decided to go. Um, at the end of the day, we, we didn't really know anything about offsite levies either. So at that time, <clears throat> offsite levies in Peace River were about 45,000 an acre. So um, in my research, I had done 25 similar towns in Peace River, they're between 2,500 an acre, 3,000, 3,500. So I couldn't understand why Peace River is 45,000 an acre and everybody else is 3,000 bucks. So I'm, I'm not that smart. So we hired a Jerry Venice uh, to do a to do a forensic audit of the town. And we found that some of the math was not correct. And uh, so it ended up about 4,000 at that time or 3,800, whatever it was. But so we started, you know, you know, putting together a development. And uh, I think Byron mentioned that road that's in front of uh, uh, McDonald's. This is how that happened. We were planning our business there, our shopping center. And then the provincial government said, you know what, we like that land and you're going to sign this uh, piece of paper and we're going to take it or you're going to give it to us. So dad and I were saying, well, that's, a, that's not how we buy pork chops. We normally go to the pork chop guy and say, listen, this is how much we like to pay and you can sell it to us. And 
Mike, we're going to give you a dollar and you're going to sign this or we're going to take it. I said, that's lesson number one development. <laughs> so, you know, we, we, you know, build our store and then as, you know, Alicia said, we, we uh, added different folks over, over, over many years. But, you know, at, at the end of the day, um, you know, we did what we did and that's history. So we encouraged Walmart to come here. We made a deal with them. We built the road, we paved the road. And, you know, the two or three development permits that we had on that, that area, you know, we, we, we fulfilled our obligation. I was kind of surprised when Alicia, Alicia indicated that maybe there might be some outstanding kind of things. And not that I'm aware of, um, but anyways, things maybe have slipped through the cracks. I don't think so. But, you know, moving forward, um, you know, Pegan Martin's indicated they want to come here and they're developing a company like that. As I made the presentation last uh, two weeks ago at the meeting, I stand by, um, you know, my comments. And, uh, you know, generally speaking, you know, we're looking at the bylaws, you know, Jason and I, and Jason's dad was our engineer record for probably 30 years. You know, the offsite levies, um, there's a fund there for sidewalks. I don't think any of us here in this room want to be unsafe, none of us. But I, I took some pictures here. Could you pass those out, Jason? I mean, at the end of the day, you know, what we want to do is do the right thing, invest in, in our property, invest in Peace River. We don't want to spend money. And this looks to me like a, a sidewalk from nowhere going nowhere. Perhaps we can plant some other stuff there. Well, that's happening. But somebody that's supposed to be looking after this isn't. And this is the problem, I think, that it's, it's a just because. To the best of my knowledge, we've operated that store on that particular piece of land since June 15, 1993. There hasn't been one accident that's been reported to us. So, uh, you know, we have, we have you know, I, 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 I've got customer counts, what they spend since 1993. Uh, we don't want to hurt anybody. We don't want to do anything that's, you know, that I, that I can't defend. So, you know, you know, when Alicia mentioned that you, you have your hands tied on, on some of these things, I, I'm kind of disappointed to hear that it you know, pits to not be in a position to make a decision that could help, you know, facilitate a development for I remember when my dad gave the, gave the land to the hospital. So we gave the land to the hospital and a part of the deal was that we put the road in that was going east to west, but we didn't have an access from the intersection with Highway 2 and, and Weberville. And so I'm thinking, I mean, the town said absolutely not. The province said absolutely not. So here we are, we're gonna build a brand new hospital, but no place, no way to get it. So. I, I said to myself, what am I going to do? So I always thought better eating a donut. So I went to the store and had a donut. And I said, well, maybe there's, there's somebody that can help me. So I phoned her and I said, listen, if I bring some donuts to you, will you have a coffee with me? And she said, of course. So I was at her office at two and she phoned some of her friends. And we all had donuts at three and she was 
quite a boisterous gal and she was quite opinionated, but she knew what the right thing to do was and she phoned some of her old friends that that had they were reeves as well and so I had a nice coffee and had a donut and by five o'clock it was all done. And the road was gonna get built, it was all signed off about uh, you know, four or five days later. But you know, from my perspective, you know, we just want to get to work. PD Mark wants to get to work. And I don't know what y'all can do, but you know, we built good projects here, safe projects. It's in the council's hands, but what they want to do. But I'm here to answer any questions that you want, might want to ask. Why don't we start on that side? But <laughs> 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 uh, Byron, any questions? Uh, no, I don't. I don't have any. And thanks for the info about the the road. The road to nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> there was a residential road apparently. Where the province steps on our toes too, plenty. Yeah. My questions are answered. I don't have any, uh, Mr. Good. Just, just observation. Like I'm taking a look at the um, site contact oh. diagram that has the uh, blue around it, and I'm not a good artist, but it looks something like this. And the area between these two black things is what they want you to build. Correct. And the other stuff's all the yellow dots, which um, I, I don't see. I mean, because it's all developed at this point, there won't be any developers coming in. And those, those areas that I can see pretty much, that's going to have very, very small development. There's no real room for development on this. On the, I'm no good at, at, I came from BC, so we don't use North, East, South, and West, because you can't see that far. But at the Northwest. Sure, that the portion going toward the highway, they took away that road at the bottom, so there's really no traffic along there. Nobody walks it because it's, it's terrible. Um, but going up back to shoppers, most of the people I know drive into the parking lot, then they do their walking around. And the same with Cheviot, they drive in, or Walmart, they drive in, they walk around. Yeah. And then the other part on 80th Street, so 80th, 78th, and that other sort of area where they took the road away. Why we would, the, the logic of demanding a, a sidewalk at that top corner, when you know you're not going to get another sidewalk around it unless we build it. I mean, I'll be really honest with you, I don't see it coming unless we do at this point. Um, because there's nobody we can go after to build it. There's nobody we can say build it or whatever. I, I sort of don't see the point in that. I mean, I, I do, Alicia, very seriously understand the idea about the concept of trying to get connectivity through the town for, for walkways and, for, and the arguments about um, disabled people. I mean, I don't walk all that great all the time, so it doesn't, so walking on stuffy stuff doesn't help me. But at that mall, and when I go up to Freezer Brothers or if I go over, I'm not the only one. If I'm going to go from your store over to Shoppers, I get in my car and I drive to Shoppers for parking in front of your store. I don't walk over and walk back. And I see lots of people doing that. But you can walk easily around your area. I, I just don't know. I, I just don't see the logic of, how would I put it, the old concept of the hill to die on? 
I don't see that corner sidewalk as the hill to die on. Yeah. It's one, just one of the points that I, I like to make, guys, is you know we develop all of our own sites. We only rent one store, so since you know I came back here in 1990, that's been a big part of my job moving forward. You know, and you know I get all kinds of information like you do, and and one of the the, the notes that I got was was from a fellow that that you know develops um, industrial complexes and this particular one he developed in Reno, Nevada. Desert, um, you know, Reno wanted some development and he said I can do it and, and he he got a hold of Elon Musk and, and uh, Elon said yeah forget it I can't go there you guys will never make a decision. He says you know what we can get a 15 minute meeting with the folks that, that are that can make decisions in, in Reno and uh, he said impossible uh, they, but they got him there. They got Elon Musk there, and they got a grading site in seven days. They got a building permit in 30 days. And this is one of the guys that actually was there, was the governor of Nevada. And he, he kind of made an observation. He said, you know, you guys in Alberta start from a position of, we're going to make you jump through 12 hoops until you can convince us to say yes, and they're subject, subject to change. And you've got it backwards expecting that businesses must be policed at every step. You have vast resources in Alberta. Now we have access to markets in California, Texas, and access to glorious mountain parks. And you would think of a dozen places where an entrepreneur would build a business park with Tesla as a tenant. And his motto is this Sandoval. He says, my job is to teach bureaucracy. We're going to say yes, unless we have a good reason to say no. And that's what he does. You know, that's what he does. And he gets businesses there and they prosper and they recruit other businesses there to help pay the freight. And yeah, but he, he, you know, you gotta be careful what you do. You make one guy pay, you know, everybody watches that and they listen. Just on uh, your comment, uh, uh, Mr. Good, is uh, I think the part of the concept in terms of connectivity is is to uh, because there's a whole there's all a West Hill development idea and uh, and trying to make that a, a high class uh, retirement community. Or certainly one that's that's appealing, and uh, and so we we do want to be able to connect those people to the major shopping centers, uh, whether they're with a walker or a scooter or pre-ambulating <laughs> by themselves. So, um, so so I think we need to think about that. And uh, I, uh, Ms. Modi. Uh, do you need time to look at this area structure plan? Because it didn't sound like you were aware of this. I'm not surprised to hear that there's a draft area structure plan, but I, it wasn't in the file. So if it's not... It wasn't in the file? Yeah. Wow. Not that I saw. Not that I'm aware of. Uh, if it's not adopted as a bylaw of the town of Conserver, then it's interesting historical information. 
and, and would that interest would that interesting historical information help you in any way? I'm really not sure, but it would not come into play in terms of decision making unless it was adopted as a bylaw. Okay. So what you need to uh, so what you've told us is the options are that if we want to take a whole different strategic approach, like currently you you've got some uh, boundary restrictions in place, and you you can't wave 190 meters of sidewalk and whatever X number of lighting standards. Did, did I get that correct? To do that would ignore the, the bylaws that we have right. in place, which is and, definitely not. And so we would need to give you, we would basically need to repeal those bylaws, is that right? So it, it'd be a big job. Like it, it would take some time yet. It, it, it would take some time, repeal or amend. It, yeah. it wouldn't take Elon Musk's seven hours, <laughs> and uh, and he probably got in a visit to the to, to the casinos there. Um, uh, so that's that's uh, that's a bit of an issue, uh, and I really get the sense that councillors need a little time to mull this over um, and you're having a special meeting on the 28th so perhaps you could tag this on there um, your worship of mine <laughs> oh yes Ms. sorry Ms. Downing out of sight out of mind please go ahead yes, I, I, and I appreciate that I am on vacation it's true uh, you know what I have heard this and I've heard the comments. I heard Mr. Good's comment about about driving across the parking lot. That's the problem, Mr. Good, is that you shouldn't have to drive across a property, a parking lot. Um, do you do it because it's convenient or do you do it because it's not safe? For me personally, it's not safe. I don't drive, I don't walk across that parking lot very often. There's no arrows, there's no directional, there's nothing. Now, I'm not trying to be critical. I'm just reminding the people around the table that when I moved to Peace River 31 years ago, my tax bill had an area improvement fee on it. So I was still paying for the sidewalk out front of my house. So we're talking 190 feet of sidewalk. Regardless of the argument that it's going to nowhere, it's 190 feet of sidewalk. It's so 190 this, meters, so just Okay, 190 meters. Thank you, Your Worship. You're right. It's 190 meters. Uh, and so I, I say, so this deal is hinging on that bit of sidewalk. Do I agree that there's some, there's some issues because we didn't hold people's feet to the fire? Um, I, I imagine KFC would weigh in, North Peace Housing would weigh in, Home Hardware would weigh in, because in 2010, we made a decision as a council that said, as we move forward in our development, we're not going to continue to make the mistakes of the past. Because when we do that, we end up with areas that don't have proper lighting, don't have, they don't, they, they aren't walk, you can't walk around them safely. I'm not saying that uh, Friesen doesn't care about people's safety. I know hands down that they do. I'm just saying 
that we've made some mistakes as councils in our development in the past, and that we, we shouldn't be repeating our mistakes. And in 2010, we said, we need to do this differently. So, Your Worship, I don't need to go to consider this further. The bylaw states exactly where we're at. Right, um, and I, I understand what you're saying, uh, and I, I'm not going to disagree with you one way or another, but I think there are some councillors that have a different opinion, and it's a so relatively well it's it's complex well if we want to change the strategic direction we we don't want to put uh, administration in legal jeopardy um, but I well maybe I, I'll just put it out this way so uh, we'll start out with uh, mr. Scamahorn do you need more time to think about this <laughs> I just yeah, okay. Up the side. <laughs> okay, Ms. Sorry. Deputy Mayor, do you need more time? Like, um, well, okay, minutes? so I, I heard uh, what Jason said. Oh, sorry. Jason said um, that, um, well, sometimes this side shares with that side at a later date. So, on the Mr. Mike's side of things, uh, there isn't much there on the 80th Street side. So, am I understanding that if there was a sidewalk on that side, the east side of 80th Street, that this development would say, oh, well, we'll pay for uh, part of that when it's done. Is that what you're saying as well? Well, just we, we pay for the whole road. Yeah. But I, I'd say a sidewalk for the sidewalk on the Mr. Mike side. Would you pay for that? Well, if we had a sidewalk on our side, probably they would pay for their sidewalk. So if there's only one sidewalk. Yeah, so I guess yeah. I understand what you're you're stating and I and I, what I was indicating was that if if um Altamart or Friesen was required to put the sidewalk on their side, then through development agreement, a portion of that could be collected from on development permit uh, request for the other side. I mean, or vice versa yeah. in, in the case that you're talking. Of course, the portion where it read at Mr. Mike's, well, that's already developed, right? So um, that would still be a, a town portion. And, and what I was getting at, other words, was that portions where the town can't collect from the other side um, that might be some consideration for the town to pay a portion right so do you do you need more time like to the 28th to mull this over or are you ready to vote one way or another well I'm, I'm just asking I would like to know, ex uh, explore this idea a little bit more with admin or something. Okay, maybe. so you Because the sidewalks would still go there. It would be who pays when and how that would happen. Okay, uh, so you want a bit more time? Please. And July 28th is next week, is that correct? It's this week. Two days. Two days. Two days from now. Oh, two days. Wednesday. Holy cow. Um, we, 
Will will you be able to entertain Deputy Mayor's questions, administration? Um, she wants to explore it some more. I'm I'm not sure what's on the agenda for that meeting or what time it's at or anything oh, like that. Will, so I'm not 100% sure. Well, they'll uh, uh, they um, for the most part, council will be deliberating deliberating over. A, Let's call it a quasi-legal matter, and uh, we'll be deliberating over a quasi-legal matter. But I think that they could deal with, uh, starting at four o'clock. But would you? Uh, could you? Could you deal with this as the first item and then go in? I would think so. Okay. So, Mr. Good, do you? Well, two days isn't a lot, but uh, um, do you want more time, or are you ready to go? I'm, I'm fine with that, the, and, and I am I'm totally fine with that. The question I have is that my understanding from Ms. Modi is that we really have no jurisdiction in the matter, um, okay. unless I'm wrong, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. If the if the if the bylaw says A, B, C, and we, let's say we vote that we don't want to do ABC. Um, now we have to revisit the whole work. So it's not a matter of we can say we don't want to do ABC. Now I mean, we come to a gentleman's agreement, handshake agreement, look at the future, all this kind of stuff that tell what our wishes are. But we can say this is what we like, but okay. I don't think we're in a position to say this is what will happen. Am I incorrect on what I'm saying? No, I think that that's fair based on the current planning framework and to change the direction would be to change the framework, which does require a, a public process. Right, and that public process would take what? Statutory. Realistically, yes. Yeah. Like, when, when we say months, do we mean two months or do we mean four months? Or? Four to six. I, I think four to six is fairer than two. Two gives me heart palpitations. <laughs> Okay. Yep. And the thing is, I want to see what I said. I think, Mike, we've agreed that a decision, either a yes or no, is better early than a yes or no late. Yes. Because okay. nobody wants to walk around with either a noose no, or a meal not, hanging, right? No, it's not fair. So, can yeah. I ask a question? Um, so, yeah, go if, ahead. Does the um, municipal structure plan allow for participation by the municipality? without um, <coughs> compromising the, the amount. So let's just say, for example, that um, you know, like we're paying 50,000 bucks on, uh, on uh, I don't know, um, levies? on our offsite levies, and the amount that we've heard for doing work is $120,000. Can that amount be applied to that number? No, it wouldn't apply like that. Uh, but what you know, we could look at and have to discuss this with Ms. Modi is that uh, equitable security be held for the time being. So it would mean that you would put forth the security for that 120000 for the, the, the work until such time as the deliberation came forth on whether it was required or not through this process. But you have to put forth the security in the 
time to do that. And that's the only way I see legally that you could get through that process if you wanted to do that. Well, I was thinking a little bit more. I, I was thinking of, of applying our, our fifty thousand dollars to the one twenty. So we would we would pay fifty on offsite and seventy towards this stuff, and then it would net out the same. The, the, the way the offsite levy bylaw is structured, um, the rates are derived based on specific projects that are identified by engineering and and uh, and that build out the rates but that also kind of predetermines where those monies go so we, we take the levies for specific purposes and then those specific purposes are where the, that money is applied so it's actually in the the offsite levy model that is attached to the bylaw so any development that the town of peace river does the people that are sitting right there have zero say they've had say but if, if there's a development like Elon Musk coming in, they follow the administration and they can't make a deal. Is that what you're saying? That's the way the municipal legislation is structured. And that's okay. to somewhat protect us from being uh, unduly influenced, correct? There is a, an item in the off-site levy bylaw with respect to sidewalks for future years. I'm not sure what that item is, but there's three million allocated for that in the, that's three million out of 54.7 um, for the monies that are to be collected over however many years, maybe 25 years. I'm not sure of all the details of the offset that we might have, but I just wanted to point that out that there's something there for future sidewalks. So. Do you want to comment on that, Mr. McQuaid or uh, Ms. Morty? That's something I'm, I don't know if you're familiar with that line item. Or you need to study it some more. Or? Yeah, and basically the way the offsite levies work in that regard is funding for future projects that is separate uh, from what the developer is obligated for. Um, why don't we go to Byron? So, do you want to vote now, or do you want to vote in two or days? Or not time? vote? Or well, you could skip the twenty-eighth, I guess. No, I mean, um, or we we we, do, oh. we we just follow the rules that are already here. Oh, I I see what, what you're I saying. Mean, yeah, right? yeah. So, so Although we should probably put in a motion to adopt recommendation one. Or Whatever it was, option it just one, if you briefing note for information. Oh, okay. so we would That's just. It. Well, uh, I, I, my I, feelings. That, that just well. gives Mr. I, I, Mr. Lumsden a, a, a yes or no. Oh, um, okay. Well, I'll give him. I'll yeah. give him one. My, my feeling is just is just uh, to to uh, give time um, as opposed to anything else. Um, it's the current rules we're playing with, so follow and, and, and carry on. If these are not acceptable things that we wish to change for the future, that's something that we can do for the future, I suppose. But in terms of what we have now, that's what we have. So you're, you're ready to vote? I I I'm ready to just let the thing play out yeah, okay. according to what's in place. 
this might not be the best, but it's what we have. So, so we, we should at least, for, for Mr. Lepson's sake, put in a motion to, like if, if that's where you want to go. So put in a would, motion would, to would it clarify things if I just said, you know, remove to do nothing? Well, no, it'd, it'd be a motion to accept recommendation. Option one was. was Is there an option? Yep. There. It, it's a report that's. Oh, I'm sorry. I saw the card. Um, you're accepting the report for information, which is stating status quo. Okay. So unless you want to make a specific motion stating status quo. I, I think you should that. move to accept the report for information. Well, if, that, so if that gives the message that we're trying to give, then 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 then. I well, I I think the message you're trying to give is maintain status quo, right? Yes. Great. Right? I'll turn to you. How how clear do you want us to be? You're asking me. Well, yeah. I mean, it's either yes or no. So you're probably better off to do a motion. Boom, done, and then we go one way or the other. Uh, to yeah. So yeah. a motion to like if you want to do nothing, to say uh, a motion to accept the status quo, and I that gives you a no. Yeah. Okay. That okay, and we'll that'll be the motion that's out there now. You that'll be the it. one, and then it can be discussed. And uh, so, this report question, yeah, so your worship. I'm sorry, what is the motion? The motion is will be to Mr. Stamhorn's motion is to accept the status quo, i.e., leave the bylaws in place as they are now, which for Mr. Lutzen would interpret it as a um, no, we we can't amend or negotiate or play around with the the bylaws. Uh, so so it sounds like you you ask them to put in the purple sidewalk and call it that, and any outstanding lights according to TCA. Right. Okay. Um, it, well, it's, it's the message, but I mean, in the end, our options are very yeah. defined. So because uh, and your part of your rationale there is well, like, there's like, time. Yeah. It's, so it's, it's, here's it's the take, gift of time. It would take four to six months, and your Great. impression is that. Um, if that's something that we want to visit, we can visit it. But for the sake of time, I would say let's just give a definitive answer, as opposed to you know like kind of like what I do with my kids. You know, we'll see. Like, can we go for ice cream? We'll see. And then, oh, it's ten o'clock. <clears throat> Too late. You got to go to bed now. And then it's a no anyways. Well, just give them the no. Yeah, right. Yeah, so. Yeah. 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 That's. I just want to clarify that. Okay, Mr. Ford, you had a question. Yeah, Mr. Lawson. So my my final question tonight is, um, if that motion is passed, how does this affect your development? Is it still going to go through or not? Maybe. <laughs> we'll see. We'll, we'll see. see. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see what the ice cream guy says. <laughs> May I? As well. I just wanted to state that, like the MDP gives direction with respect to development. But it doesn't. It's not saying that that. It's saying that you should look to to improving these areas, uh, to improve the lighting, to improve the walkways, to extend the walkways. 
but it doesn't say who has to pay for those. Just wanted to point that out. Oh. Do you, uh, does the administration want to comment on that? Sorry, my, I left my report um, on that side, but right. it actually does. It has a policy that pretty clearly directs that the developer shall pay for all those improvements. It is quoted in the briefing note. I don't have the actual number uh, in front of me. Yeah, I guess from the perspective of developer, I guess maybe that's somewhat misleading, but the intent for most developments is that the developer is the person that develops the land and then you know sells a lot of a person that buys a lot does not expect to have to do municipal improvements right so this is a little bit different scenario where they still own the land um, but for example we talked about the home hardware property well that was a developer that developed that they put the sidewalks in they put the roads in they put the water and sewer they put the lights in they sold the property to home hardware and they sold the property to to the dealerships and uh, they bought that property without expecting to have to do anything more. And they didn't because it, it was done, that everything was in place, right? But that, that's the expectation of the person that purchases the property, right? They're not expecting to have to do further municipal improvements, right? So I think the idea of it's the developer's responsibility, it's not the builder's responsibility, it's the developer, right? You're, they're developing a lot, but they're not developing the subdivision. Well, uh, people can take that under consideration when they make their vote. I, I guess I'm, because of the uh, the time it would take to to make any changes in strategic direction, I'm ready to vote now. Um, uh, and what, are you ready to vote now? You got your maybe answer, your yeah. ice cream answer. Um, so, um, Mr. Gooden, you ready I have to a vote? question before okay. we vote. Um, the, the question is precluded. Or not. I mean, to some extent, Jason, I think your 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 comment, pardon me, was makes sense about the about the land, about the developer and the land. I mean, it's, and Ms. Modi, do you see any traction in that discussion at all? I would say that I tried to make the exact same point in the briefing note. That is a, the typical situation, but this isn't a typical situation. And, and every site is different. And this site, because of its long-term um, site build-out and the ownership and the fact that it's being built out over time, but one site, it, it's unique and it's different from building out a subdivision. So right. I, I, I don't dispute uh, what Mr. Schuler just said, uh, except for that this is a unique circumstance and a unique site. And, and frankly, just we have a planning framework that noticed a significant concern developing in this area of our town and it sought to address it. And, and this is what that actually looks like when we apply it to a development situation. But it is, it is kind of a course change in midstream to some extent very very purposefully a course change that the town has strategically chosen to undertake um, I'm not saying it's an easy course change yeah, and, and but possibly possibly you know like with a lot of things that council does without understanding the full ramifications and potential future you hope you do when you make a decision but you don't always I guess what what I like what I heard you say mr. mayor was 
was the question, does this mean we can't look at anything in the future? Does this mean we can't, can't look for an accommodation? Does this mean that the question on this parcel is absolutely and forever closed? I'm not comfortable with that. I'm not comfortable with an absolute slam door on this. Not when I see, um, and every decision we make on council is personal to some extent. It's personal in the way we see things. And I take a look at what the development on the West Hill has brought to the town of Peace River as a whole, and I incorporate that. And uh, by the way, I'm not discounting the profit to you personally, which by the way, I hope you're richer than God. I mean, I hope business people get rich. That's the point. But, but I do see that the ancillary benefits to this town from the development on the West Hill have been substantial and um, substantial and valuable to the town. So I'm not comfortable with a, I'm not comfortable with a no that slams the door to accommodation, consideration, or even continued negotiation. I mean, I, I understand we'll accept the legislation as it is. That's the legislation as it is. But I still think it behooves us as, as people trying to grow this town and trying to get development in this town and that to say, if we can't do this, then what else can we do? Is there anything on the plate that we haven't maybe even thought of? Well, I, I think Ms. Modi addressed that. She said uh, that, I, I don't want to put words in your mouth, Ms. Modi, but you, you said that um, the way it would work out is that the purple sidewalk would need to go in and any additional lights uh, that need to bring us up to the TCA, the Transport Canada tax standards. Uh, yeah. that, well, the tax standards, I guess. It, and and the, the other, whatever, 120 meters of sidewalk can be put in on a, a lengthier schedule. Is, is that what, basically what you said? The, yeah, the, the approach to filling in the gaps is a long-term one. Right, yeah. so, so I, I think she's addressed your concern there. I, I guess the one thing I would say is that in terms of the feedback that we've given the developer, what, what has happened is that we have provided feedback to the developer and then that conversation immediately bounced up to, to this public okay. forum. Okay. We haven't really had a chance to sit down and, and discuss and review things with the developer. I don't know, and I will not promise, that there are solutions um, that we haven't discussed. But I also don't know, because we haven't had those discussions at a more administrative level. Right. We, yeah. we have, I, you know, the I was a bit surprised that we've, that we're trying to come up with solutions at this table when it's really uh, uh, the, the technical specialists that need to develop the solution. Uh, I hope you're not offended by being called a technical specialist or, or you, Jason. Uh, but, um, but that's what I would, uh, yeah, so I was a bit surprised that we're actually getting down into these, into the, into the weeds here. Um, Johanna Downing, did I ask you whether you're ready to vote or not vote? Your Worship, I'm ready to vote. Okay. 
Uh, so you're really the only one that needs another couple of days. Well, uh, I'd like to uh, just explore. You you just had a question about the purple sidewalks, that whether the timing of them was at what I'm thinking you're you're saying is it right now. We say, uh, Mr. Lovett, Mr. Loveson, go forward. Uh, sooner or later, those purple sidewalks should be in place. And you can't paint them purple, by the way. I know that. <laughs> but are, 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 is that what you're saying? I, I'm basically saying, yeah. That well, um, I, I, I'm, I'm taking Alicia's word. So, uh, so correct me if I'm wrong, Alicia. So you're basically saying. Yeah, we, we want the purple sidewalk in by the time the store opens. With the way the requirements work and our opportunity to require the developer to do it, if we don't do it at the time of development permit, then we've lost our moment. We, unless we're gonna hold a security for an extended period of time. And, and how many meters is the purple sidewalk? About 190, that's an approximate. Oh. That's 190. Correct, yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. And the entirety of the site is much more. So, so is there opportunity for for admin to talk to the developer about the security of the purple sidewalk? Like that to me is a internal, yeah. have, have the discussion, but it needs to be quick in terms of respecting timelines for building and get going on things or not. Right. Um, the same thing for lights. I don't know if it, we need a light plan. I understand. Um, is there opportunity to say, uh, okay, we need the light plan uh, before the end of the property or before the lines are dug up underneath? If it's not going to be an overhead light to light thing, or what is it going to be? Like, is there opportunity to and, and meaningful opportunity? Because if it's it's if it's just blah 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 you can't really change the mind or can't really change what we're doing uh, please say so um, but if there's opportunity to have those conversations and figure out some of the, the payment but it needs to be paid uh, up front kind of or with security because uh, the town has experienced other situations where um, it was left holding the bag sort of thing or things didn't happen like is that is that feasible because if that was feasible in a very quick turnaround time frame then i'm willing to you know I, again i don't want to put words in your mouth Ms. Morty, but i think you said that uh, earlier when you said we haven't had an opportunity to have a a good discussion with the developer so so yeah. please I, I would say I mean that hasn't happened at an administrative level because it did kind of just kind of because what, the level up to council immediately what, I think what what sorry I, I don't mean to interrupt but deputy mayor is she's talking about uh, the nuts and bolts and the nuts and bolts should be between you and the developer right am I am I off up out of bounds here? Yeah. Yes, yes, okay. that is correct. And I think that we can have those conversations, but now council is fully aware and the developer of, of some of the constraints on our end from administration's perspective. There are limitations uh, that we have to work within. So we can try and find solutions, yeah. but 
but there are definite and significant constraints that we are bound by as professionals. Okay. So the, the vote on the table is to uh, maintain the status quo with respect to the bylaws. I, I have a okay, draft please, uh, please. based on the conversation, Your Worship. It's uh, move to maintain the status quo and leave the development plan and bylaws in place as written. Okay. Uh, are you good with that? Okay, I, I'm going to call for a vote on that. Uh, so uh, I thought the motion was going to be to accept it for information. Well, no, well, that's okay. a motion well, that can be asked on the table. Whatever motion you want, but that's what I thought it was going to be. Well, we're, we're just trying to get the intent this, clear. Okay. So, so Mr. Lutzen walks out of here knowing that that we basically said no at this table. Uh, there is an opportunity for the developer and administration to get together and deal with some of the nuts and bolts, um, uh, but they are—they do have some constraints with the bylaws that were put out there, and and the bylaws were put in place to to uh, um, uh, basically insulate council from any undue influences. Not that I'm saying that you're unduly trying to influence us, Mike. <laughs> I want to make that any, perfectly clear. I haven't gotten any rich over the last two weeks. Just <laughs> putting that on record. <laughs> so, uh, so that's the motion. Did I could. Does council wish to include wording to accept the briefing note for information? I, I, I would not. I, I think we, we need to. I think it gets a joke. Then. Get, get a. a, a I, a clear message yeah. to Mr. I think we owe him that. Okay, uh, all in all in favor of Mr. Scamelhorn's motion. In favor. So that's three and uh, 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 opposed. That's a tie. Uh, the motion is defeated. So. Oh, you got your delay. <laughs> no, well, not necessarily. Um, so, oh, oh, did, did Johanna? She pushed the button and hung up. <laughs> Hello. No, she. I might be losing my reception. That's my excuse. I'm sticking to it. So you you voted to accept that motion, right? Yes. I did, Your Worship. Yes, you did. So it's a three-three tie. The motion is defeated. <laughs> that leaves us even. <laughs> Can I just say a few words? Yeah. What we try to do is expedite this development. Right. So we're working with PV. This is their chosen builder. This is their chosen guy. So he wanted to run with it, and I said, sure. I mean, you run with it. That's all you do. You build PV marts. So he's, you know, he's the the guy, and he's done a good job of dealing with the administration. What I'd like to have the opportunity now is to talk to uh, Alicia and see what we can do. I mean, at the end of the day, these guys want to come here. We want to build their store. Uh, I've got somebody already to go into their old store. So there's a new business gonna, gonna be coming into Peace River as soon as they move over and we renovate the existing PV Mart. So, you know, uh, I don't know what else to say. <laughs> like, I, well, three, yeah, I, don't, I don't know what else to say either because it sounds like if we, that's what I was trying to avoid because I know you want a yeah. yes or no answer, so you can turn around to PV Mark and say, yeah. 
say, uh, well, if you want to go in there now, like now, yeah, that's going to be a problem. But we've got a we've got a timeline, and they've been pretty clear. I think that you, everybody's got a letter from. Um, did we have a copy of that letter? Did everybody receive a letter from I, the, the one that says they want to go now this year? Yeah, from from Kevin, and you know, I, I just assume if we could, if I could come and. and talk to Alicia and say, listen, this is where it is. And then I think you, you or ask if, if it's a go or not. I, I have to work through this with the guys from PV Mark because we've got a budget that we have with the, their contractor. Anything else, um, I've got no authority. So, and, and that's why I was asking about, hey, listen, maybe there's a, maybe the offside ladies go towards this number. Me personally, I just assume give her the 120,000 bucks and let, let her build it, but who's gonna, you know, is that is that on top of the offsite levies? Is it part of the offsite levies? But you know, for us, we're kind of, I don't want to lose them. Seriously, right. this is like at at, uh, at at Jackfish Point, and there's a pickerel on, and it's Friday night, and you want to catch the pickerel. Uh, if if we put too much drag on, they might flip off. We've been talking to Peter Murray about moving for probably. Eight years. Eight years. Eight, eight years. years. Yeah. And they're busy, you know, I mean, they're, they're busy. That was an interesting analogy, though. <laughs> so, Mr. Mayor, uh, Mr. Mayor, if we, if a motion was put forward that we directed Ben to talk to the developer um, about this proposal, does that help any? I think so, and here's why. I, I'm going to stay overnight. There's a meeting scheduled. Um, you said tomorrow night or the Wednesday, night. Wednesday night. Perhaps I can sit with these folks and say, "Listen, you, what can you do? If you if it's nothing, I have the answer. If it's something, we need them to present it to you guys on when uh, Wednesday, and then you make the decision, and then I live with whatever you decide. That's it. So, so you you need to put it on the special meeting, right? You like the. You, you can't walk something onto us. That's, no, that's correct, but until the agenda is established, anything is wide open. You can have as, as much as council wishes, you just can't add. Yeah. yeah, so, but you need 24 hours notice, right? 24 hours notice to the public if the chief elected official calls the meeting, if it's with uh, a majority of council, or correction, two-thirds consent of council, it can be less than 24 hours. So, we'll Mr. Mayor, I, so, Mr. Mayor, I would put forth a motion that it may be directed to um, it, have whole discussions with, um, do I say, the developer of... That's good. We know who it is. Well, the developer. The minister for our purposes. To the developer of the PV Mark? Do we need a... Sure. Is that okay to say? Yeah, for the PV Mark property? property? Yeah, or on, on, on our property, property Peter Brothers property, so okay. we all know what we're talking about. Okay. okay. Would you use the uh, term developers, being that it's PV Mark as well as Alta Mark? Yeah, developers, and then it can be whoever turns out. Yeah, it'll be me. <laughs> it'll be just one yeah, yeah. Okay, all in favor of that motion? Ms. Downey? In favor, Your Worship. Okay, so that's passed. We didn't actually need your vote, right? 
Okay, thank you very much. Yeah, okay, thanks, Mike, for being so patient. Thank you. Hopefully, your patience will pay off. I think that's it for the agenda, too, isn't it? Because if you. Why do we have to move the meeting? I think we're going to do it that way. For the record, my motion did not preclude them talking. No, I. Whatever. We got it. We got something. We got something. Your defeated motion essentially status quo. Which is a little odd. Don't. Don't Which do would have been accept the briefing note for information. Yes, <laughs> I should have said that. That's you know that's the one that I started with, Tom. I feel like you gummed it up. What's <laughs> your name? But we could have a motion uh, to accept that uh, for information then to report all right. Which then maintains status. No, it doesn't change it. And we got to do that too. No, it's not. Well, because I'll move that we accept that report for information. Um, I think we just had a vote on that, and uh, and uh, the the motion is on the table, sir. Uh, procedurally, it should be either withdrawn or voted on as well, the, as council desires. Uh, I, I what's what's the point? It doesn't hurt anything to vote on it. Let's the just vote like the motion is that if we don't even accept it for information, it's as if we never even met it. But, well, but there was a motion on it, and that motion was to have the developer and, uh, okay. well, and administration. Okay, I guess that's and, the motion. And because we, the advice that we got was, uh, well, if you accept the motion uh, for information, that de facto means that you accept the status quo. And we didn't accept the status quo. Yeah, I'm, I'm fine with that. I've withdrawn my motion. Okay. So um, there is now a motion. Uh, someone's going to make a motion regarding a special meeting. And um, are, we, are we going to add another item to, to that right now? Okay. You need to accept the minutes also from the special meeting. Oh, okay. Don't miss those ones. Why don't we deal with that one? There is a, uh, oh. so we, we needed. Councillor Downing has left the meeting. We have quorum. But it's handled. Yes, you're okay. Yeah. Neither, yeah. neither. So. Are you still there, Johan? No, she's no. gone. So, because neither I nor Orrin were there. One, two. We have, we only have three. We'll pass it we need later. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Put well, it on the agenda for the ninth. Yeah. They just one of the attendees makes the motion, so then you'd be fine. Okay, I'll move the really? accept the minutes. Is that, yeah. is yeah. that how it goes? Absolutely. So I yeah. Orin and I can vote on it. Absolutely. I, I mean yes. we can vote on the motion. I just thought yeah. my understanding of it. You can't make the motion oh. as non attendee. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, okay. Oh. okay. Okay. I'll move the minutes of the special. <laughs> crying out loud. So, all, all in favor of Mr. Scanlon's motion. Thought you were going to ask for a recorded vote. No. Oh. <laughs> okay, and there's another motion to be made. I'd like to make a Sorry. I would like to make a motion that there be a special meeting of council held on July 28th at 5 o'clock p.m. Pardon, yeah. 4 o'clock p.m. Yeah, 6. 
about 4 o'clock p.m. Uh, to discuss um, a matter under FOIP Division 2, exceptions to disclosure, Section 17, disclosure of harmful personal privacy, and also to have a discussion concerning, uh, to discuss a development proposal in town. And the, yeah, that's fine. Should we say development permit regarding uh, PV Mark no, Rogers? development permit regarding PV Mark. That's fine. Uh, okay. Uh, do you have a preference which comes first and second? Developers. Use the development first and the second one second. Yeah. Okay. Will legal counsel be? Will uh, legal they, counsel be present? They are aware and will be advised. Okay, if they are going to be present, then they should be first, and that way we don't leave uh, them hanging um, again. Uh, no, from what I heard was I don't need to be present, and my legal counsel doesn't need to be That's present. Correct. And um, um, we'll sort it out. Because you need to deliberate more. Right. That's basically yeah. what that is, and then you will present me with the deliberations on the night. So you don't need to make arrangements with my legal counsel. Okay, understood. Uh, but I I do understand that Gwendolyn yes. Palmer Jones was going to uh, assist uh, counsel. Yes. Okay, um, so that motion is on the table. Uh, you will want to deal with the development first, and uh, and then hopefully you. So are you? I, I may call in. I may uh, do a Zoom or a telephone thing for the development. Um, we are going to be on Zoom for the other part. Yeah, we can do that. Oh, okay. So all there's the rules around. Yeah, it's a call-in process now for for formal meetings. We're back to the original version of call-in as Miss Downing did this evening. Okay. Yeah. Just to clarify. Okay. Uh, all in favor of the motion that's on the table? So that's passed. So, um, Ms. Modi, how are you feeling? Are you feeling shell shocked? <laughs> Maybe a loaded question. Under fire. You don't need to <laughs> um, should we adjourn the meeting before we ask other yeah, questions? Yeah, we should. Yeah, so, who wants to uh, adjourn the meeting? Uh, all in favor? <laughs> so do you want to answer the question? No, oh, hold on. There's a there's a thing to deal with there. Because this is a lot of work.